0: Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Katie. And you're listening to I'm Not Scared, You're Scared, a horror movie podcast. If you're a fan of the show, please like and follow us on iTunes and Spotify and review us. It'll help spread the word. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared, or email us
1: at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared at gmail.com.
0: Thanks for joining us tonight. We... She said tonight. I know, it's nighttime. I mean, it's not
2: dark, but...
0: Well, it's almost seven. I mean, so it's practically my bedtime.
2: So we're all pretty lit. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: all right, so tonight we're talking about Misery, which was released in 1990, and Gerald's Game. It's a twofer. uh released in 2017. But before we dive into it, I'm going to ask... What's new with you? Katie, what's new with you? Um,
1: shit. I mean, I knew I was going first, but... Um, yeah, I mean, not a lot. It's it's actually interesting now that we're recording more often. I feel like I have less good stuff for the what's new with you. Um, I did, though, last weekend do my um, weekend away with my Girl Scout troop, and we spent the day at Boardwalk, and then we went to a VRBO up in the Santa Cruz Mountains um, for two nights, and they just... Swam and hot tubbed and swam and hot tubbed for two solid days and had a great time. So um, I would say it was a successful closure um, to my scouting career. I guess that's the that time of my life is, is fully done now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't I don't know what to do. about that. I'm very...
0: <laughs> You're like, what do I do? Watch more
1: scary movies. I obviously. Guess. <laughs> I guess. Why was there never a scary movie badge? That's what I can start. Uh-huh. I can start a letter writing campaign to uh, Girl Scouts USA and be like, there needs to be a scary movie badge. There is, um, we did do one badge when they were cadets that was called um, Special Agent, and it was all about forensic sciences.
0: Did mm-hmm. I ever tell you about when we did that? I think so, but our listeners don't have to hard to our conversation. <laughs> like, I, I got
1: the troops' permission to frame the badge work um, under the umbrella of the Night Stalker. Um, and so all of the elements like about, um, uh, it was, it was like, there was one where, um, it was like sketch artist type thing. Like you had to, that we did this activity about sketch because like the sketch of the Night Stalker was really instrumental and there was, um. One about we uh, witness testimony and how, you know, reliable or unreliable that is and also um, <coughs> unreliable, <laughs> unreliable, um, but also like interrogation techniques and how experienced um, law enforcement officials can tell like, you know, the uh, giveaways when people are lying Um And we did footprint identification because we know the footprints and the sneakers and the Night Stalker case was like a really big um, element of that case. But like the bonus was so we all my whole troop all we all live in the same neighborhood. And in our neighborhood is the house where the Night Stalker murdered Peter and Barbara Pan. Mm hmm. Um, and the address is not publicized, but between footage from the documentary and Google Street View, I was able to figure out which house it was um, that they were <laughs> I know, that they were living in at the time. Katie just sleuthing around. Yeah, so I did walk the girls to the house at the site of his <laughs> attack for Peter and Barbara Pan. And one of the girls, actually, she's living in the house that her dad grew up in, and she goes... Oh, my God, my dad always told me about this time when he was a kid that, like, something happened in the neighborhood. And so his dad made them all sleep together in the living room um, for, like, a week. And he, like, had his gun or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. they were, you know, it happened just a few blocks from where he was as a kid. And that was, like, how his family responded.
0: Yeah, the Night Stalker is about yeah, yeah he's around, And so. he's not fucking around. Yeah, he's no joke. So. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, so that was the closest I got to a scary movie badge in Girl Scouts. I mean, I I um, think that's a
0: good, that was a good one. I did. I had some fun with it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's good.
1: But um, yeah, I mean, that's really all that's new with me.
0: Uh, What's new with you, Victor? Welcome, Victor.
2: Um, Yeah, hi.
0: Hi.
1: So glad to have you back after a long absence. I don't hear you
0: bellowing in the other room on Discord Mm -hmm. playing Diablo. (laughs) 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 It's that you're in here with us.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, because you've um, been, is this
0: your third time? Because you did Jacob's Ladder
1: and uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, right? Did you do another? Oh, you did the menu with us, too. Yeah, the
2: menu and... And our
0: Halloween.
2: The Halloween, like, yes.
1: special. Thing. All right, so you are fully a frequent
2: contributor. Yeah. yeah, you know, and and not just editing the podcast. Just, yeah. you know, being honest. Not just a workhorse. Yeah. I'm like, yeah.
1: talent. Edit out my sneeze. <laughs> yeah,
2: I've edited that a few times. I'm um,
0: <laughs> like, I was sick.
2: <laughs> Um, not much new with me. Um, Meredith's kids were gone for two weeks, so Meredith was stuck with me in the house for two weeks. And I had a good time. I don't know if she had a good time, but, you know.
1: She seemed pretty miserable.
2: Probably.
0: <laughs> um, I was, like, reaching to the heavens, like, Shawshank, like, when will this end? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: we had our annual 4th of July party. That was really fun. Um, Katie was also there.
1: Yep, things exploded.
2: Yes, lots of only legal fireworks. Fully,
1: fully the legalist. Yes. They're called safe and sane. Safe, and, safe sane. and sane.
2: We would never break the law.
1: Certainly not. And I certainly and, would never yeah. take a video of you breaking. If you no, were to break the law, which no, you wouldn't no, no. I wouldn't take a video yeah. of it. I
2: mean, well it wouldn't it would never happen. So um, so that was really fun. <laughs> You guys are um, dorks. <laughs> and,
1: uh, you know, you can see yourself out. <laughs> yeah. How I live
0: here. So yeah.
2: Other than that, not not a whole lot. Just you know, daily grind. Living the dream. Yeah, mm-hmm. working while Meredith isn't.
1: I know. It's awesome. <laughs> it's She's like, hey going- babe, what you doing? oh still working huh yeah. Yeah, all right we'll
0: see you later <laughs> i'm gonna go to brunch <laughs>
2: <laughs> babe are you yeah. drinking wine it's uh it's 11 o'clock in the morning
0: i'm like i put a blueberry in it it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a technically a sangria <laughs> that doesn't make it okay yep. it's sangria. of course it does you know? no
1: sangria is not a breakfast alcoholic drink who what? asked you? Yeah, it is no, a it's thing. like mimosas and bloody and no, marys. No, no
2: sangria is oh come in on. That. All right,
1: yeah. All right, well you've expanded. I had brunch. Look yes. at the menu. Yes, <laughs> yes. Of No, sangria. my favorite is that uh, the place that I we like in the city. They have drag brunch once a month. Oh yeah, and yeah. there is a cocktail on their drag brunch um, menu that is called the
0: glitterous. Mm. <laughs> it's got edible glitter Love in it that. <laughs> a nice play on words and it sounds yummy yeah you <laughs> drink that
2: yeah Hey, anyway, how about you babe uh, what's new with you
0: well because i have my summer i i mean i have been doing work stuff and annoying victor as i'm stuffing like documents uh protectors with uh you know prepping for next year <laughs> which is not <laughs> Bar. it's like a month shut from up now. shut up <laughs> it's true uh i've just been catching up on shows that i've been really wanting to watch and uh movies and um you know it's just nice to like kind of relax and stuff and and
1: drink in the know. morning I drink
0: the morning. <laughs> I don't drink in the morning. But I haven't I last week I slept in till like nine thirty a bunch of times. Damn. And I was like, I kinda don't feel very good when I sleep <laughs> that late. She's yeah. like
2: complaining. She's like, I I have to wake up earlier. I'm like, why would you do that? And yeah. I was like, I, I just
0: feel point?
1: weird. If it throws you off, it's no good. That's like me and sour cream and onion ruffles. That's all mental. <laughs> That's all mental. I want them so bad. And then when I eat them, I don't feel good. You're like, ugh. That's
2: how she is with hot Cheetos.
0: Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I freaking love hot Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> They're my And, then, and I, then you always regret it. And then I'm like, just a few more. And then I'm like, ugh, my guts. <laughs> 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 but just spending time with the kids, chill, watching movies, stuff like that, and shows. And it's been it's been fun, so. I, I was thinking about Rex. Oh, I read, uh, read. I listened to a book called Cultish. Okay. And it was recommended by a friend in my in the guild. But um, I listened to listen like two days. I listened to it all in audiobook, and it was really, really interesting. And they talked about like Jim Jones and uh, Heaven's Gate, and language that goes into being like a cult. But mm-hmm. she's she. It was funny because she's like, when you say use words like "oh, you're in a cult," it's like people kind of they're like, "eh." You know, they don't like that. So mm-hmm. she says like that language is cultish, like the same kind of like um, word, words, the way people talk and try to like rally people like at like a soul cycle kind of yeah. thing. It's like cultish talk. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. And I was like, yeah, I can see that. Like, yeah, that that behavior is is present in um, a lot other of things. scenarios like MLMs, Yeah. you know, like boss, babe you know and, yeah. and and I didn't really kind of I was like I knew there was something that made maybe kind of like ew like mm-hmm. that's not me that's also why I could never be in an MLM or anything like yeah. that cuz like I'm so like cynical mm-hmm. that it makes me just You're not like, a joiner no, I'm like, a, no, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to do your
1: doTERRA. Thank you, though. <laughs> but we talked about that when we did the menu, too, that like yeah. that um, the mentality in these um, high level kitchens.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: and the devotion, like obviously not all chefs are homicidal like chef in the menu. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, that that the mentality has elements like
0: all in. Yeah. It's, it's no it's questioning. Pretty- blind
1: obedience
0: yeah and and she talks a lot about that like language to shut down any kind of thinking Mm -hmm. um which i thought was interesting like do your research is also a way to shut people down and and uh, i was like oh that's pretty interesting yeah so anyway i recommend it it was was pretty fun so
1: i actually watched um the uh shiny happy people
0: <gasps> me too yeah See, on the topic of time. cults
1: yeah um because I was um a big I wouldn't say a 19 kids and counting fan I had a um a what's what's the phrase a morbid fascination I think um,
0: I did t- I wasn't like show. super in but yeah, yeah I think I, I watched too I watched
1: you. almost all of it and then I did fall stick with Jill and Jessica counting on a little bit um after that um, but it was always truly out of just this like the bizarreness of the whole thing. I, I wasn't a fan of <laughs> what they were doing or their lifestyle. But um, and I went into that documentary thinking it was going to be about the Duggars, but it was really largely about the church that spawned them and all the families like them.
0: Yeah. I thought it was definitely interesting. Yeah. And I kind of of wished
1: it was longer. Like it was only Mm -hmm. four or five episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I wished because, you know, Jill um, was the only Duggar um, participant other than like the couple of extended family members that they Mm -hmm. had. She was the only one of Jim Bob and Michelle's actual children that contributed. And it makes sense when you if you know anything about her situation and what has happened to her. Um, But I really would have loved for them to have been able to get some of the other siblings
0: yeah, in there
1: to contribute, but obviously all yeah. the rest of them are still under gag order.
0: Sure, I I mean I thought it was so fascinating and um, just that like way of life and
1: yeah,
0: uh, being subservient as a female in that in that um, yeah. environment it was just it's just really wild and I also felt very compelled to watch Sister Wives back in those days too. Oh I was yeah, I've like, never seen so that. Weird. I just you know I was like this is so interesting to me like how pe- they had like a schedule and they like. Yeah. You know this? They're like, "Yep, this is just how we live." And you're like, "What? Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting." But um yeah, just a little yeah, off topic there. Of
2: <laughs> and actually, speaking of uh, the menu and chefs, we also watched The Bear season two, and it's entire. That's year. a
1: great show. I it's
2: fantastic. That's I mean, a it's gotten Emmy nominations. <clears throat> it's amazing.
0: So yeah. we don't have to hype it up, but it will. It's yeah. great. Every, yeah. Everybody's
1: doing that for us. It's a fantastic show. Everyone should watch it. Yes. Definitely.
0: So. Um. So you're doing the recap of Misery, Katie, yes, ma'am. So uh, take it away. All right. So well, do, do you, um, you want to tell
2: them it's the two parter? So yeah. So it's um be long.
1: If you need to pause, use the bathroom, poop, get some poop, food break. and water. Um because we, uh, this is a twofer. Um, We're covering Misery and Gerald's Game, um, which are related in that they both fall under our secluded settings theme for the summer. And then of course they are also obviously both Stephen King stories. Um, And we know that I always get carried away (laughs) when it's Stephen King material. Um, So this is gonna be a little bit longer of an episode because we also have our additional contributor to hear from um
0: so you know if you need to take a break come back Or just speed us up to like 1.5 you know just just happy talking faster than i ever would love to talk (laughs) i mean if you if you want to rush through the
1: pleasure of hearing this episode then yeah put it on a higher speed or you know really parcel it out and just listen until you run out of time today and then come back to it tomorrow
0: i mean you do you we're not here to tell you what to do. Live your life. Live your life. Who This cares? isn't a cult. We're not in charge of you. I'm not going to use any, like, cultish language. She certainly is not. She's
1: not going to tell you to do your research. No. We didn't do any research. I barely
0: did anything. <laughs> um, okay. Well,
2: at the end of every episode, you tell them to go watch a movie. That's, like, that's pretty cultish.
0: No, he said if you we, if we want.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just tell them we're going to spoil it, and so it's up to them whether or not they want to see it first. Yep. Anyway,
0: cult. We're in a cult. We're in a cult.
1: (laughs) So, um, misery. uh, The movie came out in 1990. It was one of Stephen King's earlier novels that he published, um, and the the film was a huge success, uh, starring James Caan and Kathy Bates in the two primary roles. It also had a nice little contribution from Lauren Bacall Mm -hmm. as um, his literary agent. Um, But Kathy Bates got the Oscar for this, correct?
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, for best well supporting deserved. actress or best no actress. No
0: freaking kidding. I want to say best actress, yeah, but I could be mistaken.
1: Yeah, I, I should have checked
0: that. But anyway.
2: I'll look it up while you talk.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's it's really one of those, um, you know, we've talked with Stephen King stories about how he can write a story with a cast of thousand or write a story with just one or two. And both this and Gerald's game are one of those minimalist stories where 90% of this film is just these two characters, yeah. Paul and Annie. Um, Okay, so here we go. Best actress. Best actress. actress. Good for you, Miss Kathy. And it's the only
0: Stephen King movie adaptation that's won an Oscar. Interesting factoid. Thank you, Meredith.
1: You're very welcome. And
2: she beat out Kate Blanchett, Michelle Williams, Andrea Risenborough.
1: Michelle Williams in 1990? Yeah. Who's not Michelle Williams from Dawson's Creek then because she was like two?
2: This is this swatch. Like, it wrong. switched from the 90s to 2023. I was like, That's I was wondering why wrong. Michelle Yeoh was on there, too.
0: Oh. <laughs> um, I was like, she was probably one. I on know. I was like, one. she was a baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, all right. So our opening scene, a writer clacks away on his typewriter and we see a match with a cigarette waiting to be lit, a glass and a champagne bottle on ice. And then we see the final words of a book completed, Untitled by Paul Sheldon, goes into his satchel. He pours a drink and lights the cigarette. Uh, Later, he's loading into his sweet ass Mustang in a snow covered setting and he starts barreling down a snowy mountain road, rocking out and driving a bit too fast as flurries begin to fall. The snowfall worsens. Um, Paul spins out and the car goes flying off the road, landing upside down in the trees. So very uh, dramatic beginning to the film. Um, we bump right away to a flashback of Paul meeting with his literary agent the Lauren Bacall character they discuss Paul's choice to kill off his wildly successful character Misery Chastain so that he can p- pursue other writing including his quote new book that he is almost finished so he's talking in this scene about the book that we've just seen him finish before the accident
0: he wants to something more like
1: highbrow stuff yeah yeah He he's gotten sucked into this romance novel um hell hole where he (laughs) it's so popular and so successful and makes so much money that he's just kept doing it and doing and doing it and he hates it um and he he feels like it's
0: not like challenging for him right
1: and And he's not proud of it he doesn't think that it's it's good writing
0: yeah Um, and lauren picol like i gave your kid braces it bought you a few houses exactly "Eh,
1: and he's like eh, yeah okay um and she's like and you go and kill her (laughs) Um, but yeah, so he, uh, he has completed his final misery book and in it, the character dies. So he's like putting, a, a, you know, the nail in the coffin of that, of that part of his literary career. Um, so we pop back to the accident site. A semi-conscious Paul is dragged from the wreck by an unseen savior who gives him what seems to be totally unnecessary mouth to mouth. Like he's conscious, <laughs> breathing, eyes open,
0: and she's giving him rescue breaths. It made me think of The Office when he's trying to give <laughs> yeah. Stanley the mouth and he's <laughs> yeah. like, ah. Barack is president! And he's like, ah. <laughs> And he's like, stop, get your mouth on me!
1: Um, our savior grabs Paul's satchel that has the manuscript inside, and fireman carries him away. Mm-hmm. So, like, we still haven't seen who this person is, we don't see their face, um, but they are big enough to pick up James Caan, throw him over their shoulders, and carry him out of this, like, up this hillside in mm-hmm. this deep, deep snow. Don't forget about the crowbar. Yeah, uh, this person uh, pried the door open to get him out with a crowbar. Um, So next we're seeing through a haze, uh, Paul is hearing a voice saying, among other things, I'm your number one fan. Um, He sees an IV bag and a tube and then a face. And this is our Kathy Bates character, Annie. He manages to ask where he is and how long he's been there. She tells him two days. She tells him she's Annie Wilkes, that she's a nurse. Then she gives him some pills. um, And then we it pulls back and we see that he's in this kind of sparsely furnished um, bedroom in a bed with this metal frame. Um, Next, she's removing his IV port, uh, giving him more pills. He asks what they are and she tells him they're novel for his pain. Uh, He asks why he's not in the hospital, and she says the blizzard was too bad to take him, and she tried calling, but the phones were down. Later, they talk about his injuries, how she fixed his dislocated shoulder, and set his shattered legs that we see for the first time. She uncovers them, and they look, like, horrifying. They're just discolored and lumpy and busted, and she's splinted them, and evidently, according to her, set them mm-hmm. but they just look like he can't even look at them they're so horrible looking yeah it's it's pretty grotesque
2: very purple
1: very purple <clears throat> too purple in my opinion <clears throat> so um, but she reassures him that as soon as the road's open she'll take him to the hospital. Um, Now, uh, Paul's agent is calling the sheriff because nobody's heard from Paul for a few days. The sheriff isn't too concerned, but he promises to help. And he kind of muses about the coincidence that Paul checked out of his hotel on the day of the blizzard. So he's like, hmm, okay, maybe something actually did happen back at Annie's house. She confesses that she kind of stalked Paul at the hotel. um, And that's how she ended up finding his accident um, and rescuing him from the car. Uh, He asks again about the phones. She says they're still out. Um, She says she found the manuscript in his satchel and she asks to read it. He says yes. Um, But over soup that night, Annie expresses dislike of the profanity in the new book. Um, And when he pushes back and kind of says, you know, like these people that that everybody talks like that, she fucking loses her shit. And this is like the first time we see her personality kind of flip like that Mm -hmm. to this just totally out of control
0: she cracked me up. <laughs>
1: See, <laughs> she's like, Do I go down and say, Give me some of that bitchin' cow horn"?
0: <laughs> I'm gonna write you a big bastard of a jacket! And, like, yeah. so and she has the soup and she's like Slashing sloshing it all over. She's like, Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> um. It made me laugh. I was like, "Oh, Annie,
1: you crazy bitch! <laughs> she is a crazy bitch!" Um, but then the the fury goes back off like a switch, uh, and she tells him she loves him, um, and then leaves him to start feeling maybe a little concerned mm-hmm. about his con- situation, his predicament.
0: It made me think of that meme where it's like the dog and everything's on fire, and he's like, yep. this, is this, fine. Is fine. "This is fine. Everything's totally
1: fine." <laughs> Um, So meanwhile, Sheriff is doing his due diligence. Um, He checks out the hotel, finds nothing unusual, drives the road, um, and he finds a broken tree and comes really, really close to finding Paul's car, but it's like 99% buried in the snow and he misses it. Um, Andy Annie passes him um, searching on her way back from town and tells Paul that she got a copy of the newly published Misery book. So she's
2: like fucking over the moon.
0: Ah, neato. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody's excited about new
2: books. It's going to be a real happy ending.
0: I kind of yeah. wonder if he's like, ooh. Yeah, like if he's already pulling
1: his like, collar. Like, ooh. ooh, this is awkward. Um, she also tells him that she got through to the hospital, talked to the head orthopedic surgeon who said, yeah, no, that all sounds super cool, no
0: worries. And it's like, <laughs>
1: Wait, I'm sorry, what? Like she's... Well, she's also,
0: like, a nurse. I don't even think we said like that she's a nurse. Yeah, yeah, so. I said that. Um, okay.
1: uh, but just the that she's, like, telling Paul, like, oh, yeah, I told him what I did. And he's like, as long as there's no infection, then you're fine. No worries. Honestly. I'm like, that doesn't
0: sound like an orthopedic surgeon to me. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like it might. <laughs> Depending on your insurance. Yeah, he's maybe. like, he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Throw the back into the gutter. It's fine.
1: Yeah. Um, So she says she called his agent too, but she is too busy bubbling over the new misery book to care that Paul is like really upset that he's missing his daughter's birthday, that he's out of touch with these people and, and everything. Um, so later she's 75 pages into the book and she's gushing by page 300 she's comparing it to the Sistine Chapel or what oh she called God. the ceiling that Dago painted oh my which God, I'm sure was, Victor was very offended by that statement like, racism oh my God. Uh, rampant racism this broad, <laughs> this broad. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, next scene she's musing about being left by her husband and how finding the misery books helped her cope in that time in her life um, but the shit hits the fan when she finishes the book and finds out Misery dies. As I mean, you kind we... of feel
2: bad for her up to that point. Where, yeah. Because she had a little outburst about the cussing. She yeah. She might be a christian woman
1: yeah you know. and she's a little little weird but yeah but she
2: look, it looks like you're like kind of you know sympathy
1: exactly well know? it's like we talked about in the creep episode of like the the benefit of the doubt that you want to give someone that maybe yeah. they're just socially awkward maybe they're yeah. just lonely or isolated and so you forgive them strange behavior that should be a red flag
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so she
1: comes
2: the red flags will come out oh yeah for real
1: Uh. (laughs) Um, so she comes into Paul's room late at night calling him a dirty bird which is like the oh you
2: dirty dirty
1: bird like that and (laughs) cockadoody are like the two words I think that are so associated with this character of like her (gasps) substitutes for actual swearing you poop (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something your children would say yeah. To somebody I
1: know um, She's screaming and slamming his bed around She's smashing shit all over the place And then she says to him You're just another lying old dirty birdie And I don't think I better be around you for a while And she starts to leave the room but then she turns around and looks at him And t- drops the bombshell That she never called anyone No one knows he's there And if she dies, he dies
0: Mm-hmm. and so
1: he's like well farts <laughs> as bad news bears <laughs> as my child would say what the flip <laughs> um, so Annie gets in the car drives away and Paul decides to try for escape he hauls himself out of the bed the pain when his legs hit the floor is like Palpable because they're still they're so fucked up. I'm like and you can't
0: just like Insidious three crack crack crack. No crack. no. Nope, nope. <laughs> he clack. like gets
1: his torso out and he's like pulling himself. He's like down his torso and hands are down on the floor and he pulls himself out and then his legs just fall from the bed uh, all the way to the floor and when they right. hit the floor and you just imagine like how busted they are and how much pain he's in it was and it was really horrible. Like that that might have been the worst moment in the movie for me. You're like hey, yucky. <laughs> So he manages to drag himself to the door, only to find it locked. Um, the next day, she's calm again. She puts him back. She finds him on the floor, puts him back in bed. She's chattering on and um, mentions being on the witness stand in Denver. Mm-hmm. And then we, so we, we get Paul's what-the-fuck face. <laughs> we get huh. a couple of those.
0: Huh. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Let's, Would let's, you care to elaborate? Yeah. Let's um, that. Annie?
2: <laughs> if, if only he said that.
1: Yeah, if only... Um, and now she claims to have spoken to God. Um, and the message she got from God, uh, prompts her to drag a Weber grill into the bedroom and she forces Paul to burn the manuscript of his new book. Mm-hmm. Um, in the process, she's like kind of carelessly scattering lighter fluid, like all over his bed. And you're like, this, this woman's fucking crazy. Um, I mean, just just, you know, why would you be careful about where you throw lighter fluid? It's not like it's flammable.
2: I mean... That was definitely deliberate.
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing is it, it seemed like foreshadowing. Yeah, mm-hmm. but spoiler alert, it wasn't. Nothing ever came from that. Yeah. <laughs> um, moments later, it was, just, it was a they, threat. It was it, a threat. Y- well, yeah, yeah. It did seem like you couldn't. It, it was like a. I don't know. Is she doing this because she's such a space cadet, or is she doing this to to frighten him? Like you say, like to threaten him, yeah. make him feel.
2: Well, like either way, endangered. that certainly did it. Yeah. <laughs> for real he's like
1: okay he's like that's gonna leave a mark
2: I have to do whatever this woman tells me I'm we get some die. s'mores
1: stuff some while, we're s'mores while we're book burning uh. um, moments later they both hear a helicopter above as the sheriff is continuing to look for Paul and he gives him his dose of novel and leaves um, and he hides the pills under his mattress um, At dinner later, he uses his fork to tear a hole in the mattress and stuffs a second dose of Noveril in there. So now he's starting to stash his medication. That definitely which, had,
0: like, a Rosemary's Baby, like, feel to yeah, it. Yeah, like yeah, definitely. hiding medicines.
1: Which, um, you know, I'm not going to spend too much time, you know, comparing this to the book and everything, but this is one, there's just a couple areas where the movie really diverged from the book, and one of them is the book uh, really is heavily about his dependence on the drugs. His He's addicted. He's fully addicted to the drugs. Mm-hmm. And um, how, what the experience, there's a lot of description of the pain that he experiences, um, you know, at the end of every window of time before he can have another dose. Um, and so the idea in the movie where he can just, like, stop taking them and stash them is a huge departure from what the character was experiencing in the story. Like, in the story, she tormented him sometimes by delaying, giving him the next dose for, like, 30 minutes or an hour because he was just in agony. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, like, that was a Which big, totally makes
0: you know, sense. I mean, your legs are crushed. Yeah. You and know, she's that's... been giving it to
1: him for a long... And it's a codeine-based drug, and, and he's yeah. been taking it for a long time. So he's, he's dependent on it at yeah. that point. Yeah, sure. But they kind of, like... Uh, skip over that in the movie deviate from
0: that he's like this is fine I'm just going to stop taking them and stuff them in in the mattress Mattress.
1: yeah so now Annie's gotten a wheelchair for Paul and she has a plan Paul is going to write another misery book on the used typewriter that she's bought Um, she also buys some paper Paul shows her that the paper she bought smudges like it's the wrong kind of paper and she loses her shit again Mm -hmm. so we're seeing she's like but it was the most expensive so how could it not be the right one um so this is like kind of the second of these well maybe no like the third of these um fits that we've seen from her and they're always like filmed in this particular way it's like an upward close-up of her face Mm -hmm. with like it's accompanied by like kind of tense music for effect that like is growing and growing and growing and her statements and her rant is always like building to a crescendo of like just screaming is there
0: anything else i can get you paul (laughs) how about some nice knit Slippers! (laughs) Slippers. <laughs> Slippers for your red... and just like screaming
1: and, and Paul's and always like, just sitting there he's being like, Nope, uh, just the paper. the paper paper just to the be break? <laughs> yep. But it's like it's very um deliberate and clear, like every time she kind of snaps like that, they present that moment in a in a similar way each time for that yeah. like continuity of her, her kind of breaks when she loses control. Yeah. Um she slams the paper down on his busted legs, which I think was fucked up,
2: yeah. and leaves.
1: <laughs> He's um, like, oh, this is great. Uh, but now that she's gone, Paul has a chance to pick up a bobby pin that he'd noticed lying on the floor, which he uses to pick the lock on the door. Because, you know, and it's alluded that, like, he researched it for some book at some point and how to do it. But it's like, all right, OK, anybody can just pick a lock with a bobby pin. Sure.
0: I was like, that's kind of cool. I want to learn how to pick a lock.
1: <laughs> You're going to learn it doesn't really work like that. Aww.
2: Well, you know, there's a big difference between a house lock that needs a real key and... A door lock inside. There's, it's just one little mechanism. Yeah, but usually you so need you need you two, need probably a little more force. For well, sure. and you but
1: you need like two. You need to be have like two pieces of metal that you can operate independently, from what I understand. And so, like a bobby pin, even though it's yeah. got those two pieces, and he does bend them. I mean, maybe it's possible. Yeah. It was an old house with you know probably a bootsy lock. So maybe I'll suspend disbelief for that. Okay. <laughs> um. So he gets out of the room, finds the front door locked. Um, He does find a phone, but when he tries to call out, he sees that the phone has no inner mechanics. It's just, like, empty there for decoration. Yeah. Um, And then he accidentally knocks over this little penguin figurine, and though he catches it before it falls and breaks, when he puts it back, it's facing the opposite way. So you're like, ooh. Um, Next, he finds in a storage room her supply of novel, and he steals a package of the pills, Um, He finds that he can't get his wheelchair through the door into the kitchen, so he bails out of the chair to try to get to the back door, but it's locked, too. Now, this is when he hears her car returning, and so we have this, like, you know, this kind of race against the clock where she's just pulling into the driveway, and he manages to get across the kitchen, into his wheelchair, back to the bedroom... He closes one of the doors that he had opened elsewhere in the house back into the bedroom, closes the bedroom door and gets the bedroom door relocked with the bobby pin before she gets into the house. Good
2: thing she dropped that piece of that paper. Yeah, that made all the difference. He never
1: would have made it. Um, so when she does come in and she sees him and he's like all sweaty and flushed and everything, he claims it's from the pain, which is a good, you know, mm-hmm. good cover story. She's like, What's wrong with you? And he's like He's like, What I'm have you been doing? Agony. He's like, You know goddamn well what I've been doing. I've been suffering. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then she's like, oh, poor baby, poor man. Yeah. And then I she, love like, you. Yeah, and she blows
1: him a kiss and he like catches it with his hand. I know. <laughs> like, if you're so like, oh, weird.
0: my Like gosh. he's definitely
1: playing along with her. Like he he understands, you know, he's got a pretty good grasp, I think, of what of the situation that, that he's in. Preservation. Yeah. yeah and sure. um, he how to the, the extent that he's able to manipulate her. Yeah. Um. So now that the snow is melting, Paul's car is spotted from the helicopter, but his body isn't there, so he's presumed dead at this point. The sheriff is a smart guy, though, and he does notice the pry marks on the door, like Victor mentioned, where she pried it open with the crowbar, um, showing that somebody got Paul out of the car. So he thinks, still thinks that there's more to the story.
0: Yeah, it's um, like an animal can't pry open a car with yeah. a crowbar. So. Yeah, and he could, if he
1: got out of the car himself after the accident, that wouldn't be there either. Yeah. Um, so back at the house in bed, Paul has made a little paper envelope and he's emptying the novel capsules into it. So are we supposed to presume that this is before the Chicago Tylenol poisonings where you could just open up little caplets and dump out the contents into something?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, they still had, they still had tablets like that, but they were like sealed Yeah, with the lid oh, yeah, and, yeah. um packaging, like
1: non-tamper proof. Tamper proof. Nobody can poison no us No arsenic for you. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, so he's making in this envelope a little collection of the powdered contents of the the novel Caplets or castles. So uh, later he starts writing the story but after some progress Annie is unhappy with it and she makes him start over. We get n- another little tirade where she's like screaming about when she was a kid and she would see like the, the chapter movies at the theater and there was like one cliffhanger and it would always come back and then <laughs> And he was like I call them they call them
0: series or whatever. She's like I know that Mr. Man. <laughs> hey, Mr. Smarty Do you think I'm stupid? I know I'm laughing so hard. Like she just made me laugh so <laughs> Oh my god. And crazy. she's like, he jumps out of the, the car at the last moment and everybody's cheering
1: and I stood up and I started screaming and she goes, He didn't get out of the cock duty car. <laughs> so you can just see a little tiny Annie Wilkes screaming in the middle of the theater. I would love to see that. <laughs> be amazing. Um So he does start over with the story. um, And to say that she's happy with the redo is an understatement. Um, We have the quote, I'm going to put on my Liberace records. (laughs) Oh, Paul. Oh, Paul. She's just so thrilled. Um, And so Paul takes the chance in her elation to invite Annie to dinner to celebrate Misery's return. So he's Hmm. like really now uh, playing her even more. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Dinner is at a fancy table with uh, a
0: repulsive meatloaf.
1: <laughs> she puts spam in it, that's why it's so good. Oh,
0: god.
1: Um, but she's all dressed up, he's with like, her little that like tanginess, and she's like, spam. <laughs> and <laughs> oh you're like, god. oh god,
2: and you gotta use real tomatoes.
1: You do have real tomatoes and spam. Um, but yeah, she's got this dress on with this little like white lace collar, she's got her hair curled, she's definitely. Um, you know, in in any it's date like when, mode. it's
0: like what I wore to church when I was like eight. Yep, <laughs> yep for real. It's like a doily. I had that dress. Doily yes. on my dress. <laughs> yeah, that went all the way out to the edges of your shoulders. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm like, hello, how though dowsed protest? To go to church. Okay. Go to, to
1: church. church. Um, So Paul suggests a toast and he pours the wine. But before she can drink, he asks her if she has any candles for the table so that she'll leave. And while she's gone to get the candle, he pours his envelope of drugs into her glass. Um, So he's like all ready to drug the shit out of Annie. And um, but as they toast, she spills her entire glass on the table. (sighs) That was so frustrating. He's
0: like,
2: oh, he was like, he looked like he was in shock.
1: Yeah. He's yeah. like smiling. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And she pours herself a new glass and she toasts and she's like, to misery. And then he's like, to yes, misery. To misery. Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: Whatever, bitch. Why are you alive?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so now we cue the montage of Paul writing. Um, we also see him using the typewriter as a weight to build up his arm strength. Um One night, Annie comes in to deliver his pills, and she's dull and lifeless. She says that the rain gives her the blues. She confesses to loving him, not just for his writing, but as a man. And she tells him, you'll never know the fear of losing someone like you for someone like me. And he goes, why would you lose me? Um, So she acknowledges that the book is almost done. His legs are healing, and he'll want to leave. Um, And he disagrees, obviously still blowing smoke up her ass, saying he likes it there, but she doesn't fall for it this time. She's like, I like it here. Why would I want to go anywhere? This is awesome. (laughs) Um, Your meatloaf is spectacular. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, well, it's kind of you to
0: say, but. Mm, But
1: I don't really believe you. you. Um, So she pulls a pistol out of the pocket of her robe and she says she thinks about using it, but she'd better go or she might put bullets in it. And we get another one of Paul's what the fuck faces. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And she gets in the car and leaves. So, Paul, so he still has the bobby pin, gets to the kitchen and gets a knife. Um, And on the way back from the kitchen, he finds her scrapbook laying open with clippings showing that he's presumed dead. So, all of the news articles since his accident. Um, But he flips to the beginning of the scrapbook and finds other clippings indicating Annie's murderous past, Mm. culminating in a spree of infant killings while she was working as a maternity nurse. Yeah,
0: like an angel of death.
1: Yep. Yeah. So that kind of explains a little bit like her when I was on the stand in Denver, be like, Oh, so that's that's why she's not a working nurse anymore.
0: (laughs) She's freelance now. Angel of death who like murders
1: babies. Babies. Oh, what
0: (laughs) in the fuck? And old people. Terrifying. (laughs) And she's her character was based off of a real person. Oh really? Yeah. I can't recall her name but Rob Reiner like kind of like um
1: Oh so the book character wasn't but Rob Reiner like took that inspiration for the movie. Okay, that's cool. Um, so Paul gets back in bed um, and hides the knife in his sling um, and he hears her return home, but she doesn't come into his room. So he thinks he's good. He puts the knife under the mattress and goes to sleep. But he wakes in the middle of the night to Annie standing over him. She and she jabs him with a syringe and he passes out. So the next morning he wakes up tied down to the bed and Annie says she knows he's, quote, been out. She noticed the penguin was facing the wrong way. She found the knife and the bobby pin. And she decides he can't leave. Cue mm. the most epic scene in the film, the hobbling, which oh, you said. Sonata. Yeah, oh. that was. Um, you said that that's Tom Savini, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. When I went to the um, Walking Dead convention, he was he did a panel, mm-hmm. and it was really like lightly attended. Yeah, it was right. me and like twenty other people, in a huge auditorium. With Greg Nicotero. Yeah. I'm like, how you're like, would wh- this? Why is would not everyone in be in this here? room of rock stars? Where <laughs> are the spectators? Exactly. And he was talking about this scene and how he and Greg Nic- Nicotero created that scene. Yeah. And they did, he calls it a gag. And he su- he started, he's like, Has anyone ever seen Misery? You know, the hobbling. And I went, ugh, like that. And he goes, <laughs> Because looked, there he, were only 20 people, you yeah, he could hear He you. looked at like me and he goes, She knows. <laughs> and I was like, Ah, it awful. And he's like, Yeah. I mean, that was like visceral, the reaction people had when they like, saw yeah. that. In the oh, theater. yeah. It was yeah. brutal. So it was, yeah, it was cool. He talked about how he did it. Yeah. Just like the gel, um, gelatin mm-hmm. ankle legs, and how James Conn had his knees into the mattress and oh, had yeah. his like stunt legs, and then how they were able to, like, so malleable, they were like able to bend in these like horrifying ways. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's how they did yeah. it. It was really cool.
1: Because what, uh, so know. what Annie actually does, oh, what?
2: I was gonna say another diversion from the book.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. I was uh,
2: she straight up cut his freaking foot off.
1: One, yeah, she actually amputates a, one with foot. With an axe. She's and like, in the book, yeah, she I also can't. amputates one of his thumbs at a point.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Was it a thumb? I know it was a finger. I don't yeah. Put it on a, thumb. Thumb. a yeah.
0: cake or something.
2: Yeah, she puts it on a. cake. <laughs> no, 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 as no, a... no!
0: Like there was a dream he has.
2: No, it was real. She put it on a birthday cake, and and like as the candle.
0: Oh, I thought it was a dream. Anyway, yeah, I, I reread
1: parts of the book, um, but I wasn't able to to reread the whole Maybe thing it was a dream, since I it, remember, but it.
2: But yeah, that was definitely a thing
1: yeah mm-hmm. so yeah in yeah. the, in the um, book she does it, she has an axe and she actually chops one of his feet off but um, in the movie she places a block of wood between his ankles and she has a sledgehammer and she smashes the two <sighs> feet one I at know. a time like against the block of wood so mm-hmm. that they're broken like at a 90 degree angle and the whole time them. she's
0: like there's Moonlight Sonata going and she's like delivering a mo- monologue about mm-hmm. uh, people in the mines and how they kept them from leaving and how they yeah. still needed to uh, be able to twerk. work yeah Yeah. but they had to make sure they couldn't run um
1: and then she um once she's done she says god I love you (laughs) Uh, and he's like in pain until he passes out yeah and are like oh my god um so now uh, checking in with our sheriff who has adorably been devouring the misery books like as part of his like still looking into this he like bought all of the books and then it like shows him in bed with his wife and he's just like and they're like romance novels and he's just like super into it and she's given him these looks like the whole character of the sheriff and his wife is such an adorable element in the movie like you love them both so much and their little banter and she's all like kind of horny for him and like (laughs) art always making these cracks and everything (laughs) but but they're also just like a
0: sweet old married couple it's funny yeah i love it them and he'll like he'll say oh this part in this book this happened and she's like well that's that's nice dear yeah right
1: or she'd be like i'd rather be at the uh, at home under the covers with you and he's like oh dear when you're in the car you're my deputy and she's like
0: well i'd rather be in the, in the
1: sheets. um so our, our sheriff um sees and notices annie in town um, and she's, like, popping off against somebody that, like, cut her off at an intersection. <laughs> you poop! You poop! Um, and so he's, like, hmm. So he's inspired to dig into her past a little bit. And in one of the articles that he finds about her trial, he sees that she quoted one of the misery books. And he yeah. knows that because he's reading them. And he, like, recognizes that the thing that she said, the statement she made at, um, outside the courthouse was a quote from a misery book. Yeah. Um, the local shopkeep confirms for him that Annie always buys the first copy of any Paul Sheldon book that comes out and the shopkeeper also says that she has oddly also purchased typing paper recently typing paper which is a little unusual for her so sheriff heads out to the wilkes farm um annie manages to sedate paul before the sheriff arrives and puts paul in the basement and she's actually putting on a pretty impressive show um, to like fool the sheriff and there's nothing to see here um and he's He's, like okay (laughs) he's just leaving um when uh, Paul manages, he like has regained some consciousness down in the basement and manages to knock over the same very same Weber grill and call out for help. Um, so the sheriff comes back into the house and um, opens the, the cellar door and sees Paul. But then Annie shoots him in the back with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she tells Paul that, like, you know, more people are bound to come. She, this was inevitable. There's nothing that they can do about it. Um, and her plan is for them to be together forever by killing him and then herself. And she's like, has her pistol. She has the two bullets. Um, but Paul buys some time um, by telling her that he needs to finish the new misery book. Like they have to it's resurrect misery. It's almost done. Yeah. Um, and he says that he just needs until dawn. Like he just needs the night to finish the book. Um, and then he manages to sneak the can of lighter fluid from the basement into the back of his sweats. He's stuffing stuff in his pants, like all throughout oh, his, like, yeah. those elastic waistbands. He's just cramming stuff down there, right. <laughs> <and> left. <laughs> um. So, you know, she she buys it. Um, she gets him back upstairs and he continues to work on the story. Um, and he asks Annie to gather his traditional items for when it's finished, which is namely the the match, the cigarette, the champagne and the glass. Um, then while she's out of the room, he soaks the pages of the book in the lighter fluid. And when she returns, uh, he lights it on fire with the match. Um, when she's on the floor trying to save the book, he brains her with the typewriter, which is like, you sh- that should be lights out. Like, that should be the end yes, of any human. Um, but, of course, not... Those things
2: are... He- have you ever held one of those?
1: No. But, I mean, that's... And that's something they talk They're about so much in the story that, like, that's what he was using to work out was yeah. because it was so heavy. It was, li- it was like, lifting yeah, weights. It is. Um, and he, like, t- like smashes her, da- like, downward over the head with it. Um mm-hmm. But she still managed to fight. They struggle. Um, <clears throat> she gets the gun out and shoots him in the shoulder. Um, but there's only two bullets in in the gun, and then the other one, you know, goes wild. So there's no more no more gun action going on. They keep fighting, including Paul cramming burning manuscript pages into her mouth, which is kind of hilarious, but it's also a really big element in the book too. Mm. Like, um, cause one of the, I made sure to read the end, um, to see if it, you know, aligned with how they ended the movie as well. And he mm-hmm. just like, yeah, in the book, he crams like two thirds of the book into, her, into her mouth while it's He's still like, on you fire. Like, He's really so much? Eat it! <laughs> she, Suck on that! Um... <laughs> Uh, and finally, she falls and hits her head on the typewriter, and I love the typewriter like dings whenever like, her Bing! head hits, and he's like, "Bing!" Like that's the end, mm-hmm. end of the sentence. Um, he's crawling to the door, um, and we get the final jump scare when she's not dead and she attacks again, but th- this time he hits her in the head with like an iron doorstop, and now she's really dead. It's a pig.
0: It's a pig. It's pig. misery,
1: her pig, which pig I didn't misery. mention, but yeah, she has a sow that she named Misery, that she introduces him to earlier. In and the she's movie. so
0: weird. She's like, "Do you love Misery?" Oh, he's so great. After she's acted like crazy and stuff, and she's like, "Oh," <laughs> and <laughs> and he, he's like, "Oh my wow, god, you're, fucking um, you're insane." So then it wraps up. Um, yeah, oh she my god. Well, yeah, she did well. Yeah, there's a the reason she won an Oscar. Definitely deserved it. I know.
1: Um, Now it's 18 months later uh, We're back in New York Paul's having lunch with his agent Early reviews of his new book are rave um, And as they're talking he sees Annie's face on a waitress approaching, but he knows it's just in his head. But he's like, kind of monologuing a little bit about how you know he knows she's dead, but sometimes he still thinks about her. Blah blah blah. As he's watching this waitress approach, and the waitress is Kathy Bates. It is Annie, but he knows it isn't really. Um, but then when the waitress arrives as the her real face, this just random woman, uh, she tells Paul she's his number one
0: fan. I'm your number one fan. He's like, well that's so he's like, sweet, sweet of you. That's great. And that is the end of
1: (laughs) Misery. misery. Hooray. Yeah, the first of our two furs for uh, tonight. And Meredith is going to recap. I'm just going to dive into it, and I'm going to try to
0: be fast. Bring it on. Gerald's game, baby. Okay, so it opens up with the husband and wife uh, packing for a short trip. The last of the items that the husband packs are sturdy handcuffs. The two of them are driving while listening about... Uh, to the radio, and there's there, the news is talking about disturbances at a cemetery. Gerald's driving and almost hits a stray dog that's eating some roadkill. They arrive at a a beautiful vacation home, which looks very isolated. It's like a lake house. The main character, the wife, is Jessie. She uh, then proceeds to go cut up some very, very nice meat and Hmm. then try to feed it to the stray. Meanwhile. is it Wagyu
1: or Kobe? Kobe. Kobe.
0: (laughs) He's bitching so hard about her feeding that to the stray.
2: When I saw it, I was like, oh. That is some marbled ass ass meat. That's some marbled Wagyu right there. And then he said it was Kobe. And I was like, actually, yeah, it it looks (sighs) nice. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, so meanwhile Gerald is taking a blue pill and then he goes down to get Jesse he's like let's get crunk no I don't know what he says but he's (laughs) he's sort of like this is their weekend away to be like kind of spice up their uh, marriage and then the stray um, starts to approach and then he gets startled and runs away when Gerald approaches Um, and so she just leaves the plate out and then he's like he's like you know that was really expensive meat and she's like "Oh, I'm really sorry and he goes well you know just leave it out. It'll be the most, the nicest meal he's ever had. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Will <laughs> it, Gerald? <No. laughs> so in the bedroom, uh, Jessie's wearing a, a nice, beautiful silk slip that she had just purchased. She put the mm-hmm. tag away. Yeah, we, um, should, we should stop here and, and acknowledge it's Carla Guadino. Yeah. She's beautiful. I she love her was so much. She looking
2: fine.
1: Gorgeous and sexy and she's really, amazing. really great actress. Yes. And she's so, fantastic. Yeah. So she her was, that little. She
0: like snips off the, or pulls off the tag, puts it on the shelf above her and uh, waits for Gerald. He approaches with two very, very nice, sturdy, very real looking handcuffs. And um, he places the handcuffs on um, Jesse on a very, very solid wooden bed. Gerald starts acting. We'll talk about that. Okay, shut up, shut, 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 shut. <laughs> he starts acting kind of rude, and he's like, hey, you know, you like this, huh? And she's like, what? I, I guess. I don't know. He's like, why don't you scream for help? And she's like, help, help. And he's like, no, no, not good enough. I don't <laughs> believe you.
1: Yeah, so he's like, now that she's actually handcuffed and he's like role playing the game, she's like, ew. She's
0: like, what's wrong with this you? This is not what I signed uh, up for. So he really likes it, and uh, but she doesn't. And then she insists that he takes the handcuffs off. Um, and then they kind of talk about like hey, how he hasn't touched her for a long long time and that she was like up for that ga- sex game but then she's like you know just uncuff me I don't like this and he's like well what if I don't want to take him off and you know what if I promise to be nice and she's like dude no and, like she bites him in the mouth when she's like trying to yeah. kiss her forcefully for li- well, and, like- like, and he's telling her that like he can't get excited for her I'm like yeah.
1: look at your wife you piece of shit like yeah, you can't get excited gorgeous. for her you need Whatever. to have a rape
0: fantasy to like get yeah. uh, like uh yeah so it's Men like, are pigs. you know what? Not, <laughs> no, this man you know, is a pig. Not to King Shane, but like, she was willing to try it out. It wasn't for her. And then right. she's like, you need to stop. Yeah. And you know, that's just the end of it. So, so
1: the respectful relationship, he would have been like, okay,
0: okay I'm sorry. We'll, you know, let's go we'll eat that. Thing. Let's go get that beef. <laughs> <and> get <laughs> let's go have some nice wagyu <laughs> and kick it up. She bites him uh, when he kisses her forcefully, uh, and then they're talking about. He's like, you know, like I thought this was, you know, reignite our marriage, blah blah blah. And then because like, you're so dull, yeah. And and as he's talking, <laughs> he's like um, waxing poetic about his life with her. Uh, He starts kind of rubbing his left shoulder, and then he's like, oh, oh, and then, you know, she's like, all right, Gerald, 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 what's going on? And then he, um, you know, she tries to, she's like, are you all right? And then he collapses and has a heart attack and falls on her, and she's like, she pushes him off. And um, she tries to get out of the cuff for a little bit and no success. She, and then she tries to bargain with Gerald, who's clearly hit the floor very forcefully on the head. And he's on the ground. And she's like, Gerald, I'll do whatever you want. I'm sorry. Just, whatever. Up. You know, just yep. get up. Just get up. And obviously he's not uh, going to do that. And then she notices there's blood pulling around his head. And she's like, oh, fuck. You know, like. This is really bad for me. She went me. this is
1: a dooty situation. Cock-a-doodie
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is poop. This is just some poop. It Gerald it it just pops up. Real poop. <laughs> this is poop. So then desk falls. And then Jessie hears stuff moving around in the other room and she uh, she's like, "Hello, hello." But Gerald's hurt, you know, and she thinks maybe it's the cleaners or something. And a stray, the stray dog comes in, who she calls her little prince or whatever. And in the book, he's called Prince and is um, kind of given a lot of background. So Prince walks in the stray <clears throat> and he starts approaching Gerald and kind of, uh, she's like, get away from him. And he takes a bite out of him. He's like, num, 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 And he's like, this is way better than the wig. <laughs> um, <laughs> this and is then, still warm. Yeah, and then at this point, Gerald gets up. And then they decide to have a chat and she has fully lost her mind. Um, and he's like, you really lost your mind? She's like, ah, yep. <laughs> Basically, she just also realizes, with her banter with Gerald, that she's running out of time um, because she's. He calls it a, a charge. You're, you have your battery and your charge is running low. You have no water, no food. You're tied to this bed, yeah. and you're kind of screwed. Well, he like tells it like that, that
1: disgusting joke that yes. he had said like back when he was still alive. Oh god, yeah, um, and
0: and he's like, "There's a reason you're remembering this right now." Yeah,
1: because it was oh. you know what what is a what is a woman is a life support system for a. See you next Tuesday. Yeah. And, um, but that, he was like, the reason you're thinking of that right now is because yeah. you know that your, your body needs sustenance, that you don't have The situation's time. futile and yeah. you
0: gotta, you know, figure yeah. some shit out. So like, Gerald is like her inner monologue. Yes, her inner monologue.
2: And then. Yes, this is imaginary for anyone who's not seen this. This is right. imaginary Gerald. <laughs> yeah,
0: imaginary Gerald. Cause he's fully dead on the ground. He's dead. Yeah. Then the mental, I call her the mental badass version of Jesse. Yes. gets up. Yeah. Or she gets out of the handcuffs. She starts talking to Jessie, Um, But then badass Jesse and Gerald antagonize Jesse back and forth. They're kind of yeah. like, you know, she's like, come on, get your shit together. And Gerald's like, yeah, she's not going to be. And then even. they start then fighting they... with each other. Yeah. I love that. And then
1: she's like, everyone shut
0: up. <laughs> They're kind of um, like, it's like the angel and devil on basically, your shoulder. Yeah, I, I had the a the lot Twitter. of that. Feeling, too. Um, So she tries to rally uh, badass Jesse tries to rally real Jesse by telling her, you know, you've been sleepwalking since you were 12 and that he put you into those cuffs long way before Gerald did. And Gerald's like, wait, what? He's like, when she
1: says he she's not talking about
0: Gerald. Yeah. She like he put you in the cups way before Gerald did, and then um, it's nearly dark. Jesse and then dead Gerald um, talk about how long she can go without water. He's like, "How long do you think you can go without water?" And she's like, "Oh, a few days." And uh, then she realizes Gerald left a glass of water above her um, on the shelf, so she manages to get it. She can't drink it. Then she manages to make a straw out of the tag that she got her her new tag, mm-hmm. and then she's able to drink. And then she saves the water for later.
1: Like she, figuring out all of this is like helped along by the conversations with Gerald this, and herself yeah. of her like and, and so it's all, and I like just point that out because in the book it's just entirely her thoughts yeah. and so in order to put that into a film that's like, how, they had, that's how, how they had to do thought, it because otherwise it, it, it would just be voiceover of I thought her it was talking. her
2: imaginary friends that lived in the cabin across weren't they, weren't they Gerald and Jesse? No,
0: no. I
1: mean, I, mean, when, the, there, I when, think that there was elements like that, but so a lot of the book was just the description of her thoughts okay. of what she yeah. was thinking to herself, and so the alternative in a movie version would have just been voiceover, yeah. like yes. her her saying these things, but to have them personified as Gerald and badass Jesse yeah. was well, like a different choice. Also,
0: the badass though in the book was her. Um, her former roommate, who's yes. also like, took no shit. Yes, that's what I thought. Yes. Yeah, it was yeah, like
2: their friend or whatever.
0: Yeah, from like college though. Like mm-hmm. when like okay. she's someone she always kind of like looked up to and stuff. And then, but I really like that that she used, you know, they used her because she's an amazing actress and all that. So
2: we're passing the wine over. Here yeah, <laughs> if you heard Zan that game. little glug 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 glug, glug 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 glug, you might have heard that about thirty minutes ago when I refilled my bourbon.
0: <laughs> you should be pouring this. I'm trying to do a recap here. Yeah, she's in the this middle is of not her recap. professional. Yeah. But no, and that's like
2: as you hold it near the microphone. <laughs> I'm like,
1: look, look. But it's yeah, just like it's that. It's
0: wine.
2: <laughs> yeah, let's get out of the address
0: Yeah, we need to peel off. Hello.
1: PL well, box. on that note, I mean, because I, I stopped pouring early because I thought the glugging was too loud. But now that I know that we're like just, I'm
0: fully in. We're, we're owning it. We're um, owning Top it. off my glass a little that's bit. Fine. It's Friday
1: night. Yeah, you know. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Double feature, okay. Double feature, baby. <laughs> Let's get through this cock duty recap. You, you, you don't have to rush. We've already pre warned our listeners that this they're in the long haul. Okay. So um so she managed to get some water. She's that's good because yeah. she hadn't had any water for like five hours a long a while. Um, Then she goes to sleep watching the dog eat Gerald. Yum, which is crazy. So then later that night, the stray dog Prince he gets scared and runs away. Mm -hmm. Um, Something has scared him. She realizes there's something as she's kind of squinting in the dark. It's a beautiful room. Yes, it's very very large. The, The big windows. Yeah, huge windows. There's like kind of sheer curtains and there's cracks in the windows as like there's like a breeze coming through mm-hmm. and yeah. it's like the a nice windows summer are all night. Open. Yeah, and um she kind of is looking looking staring and she can see realizes there's something in the corner. And it looks ghoulish, which and is
1: absolutely what you want to see. Yeah.
0: <sighs> so it's a very very tall, gaunt looking figure. Um and he's a man and he show he walks up to her and he shows her a bag of Bones and it looks kind of like a pharmacist's bag or a doctor's it's bag. It's like a satchel, yeah. Yeah, and it has bones and jewels and other things. And she just closes her eyes. And this guy, man, creature, whatever, entity, doesn't say a word to her. Yeah. Anything. She closes it like, her eyes and she says, this isn't real. This isn't real.
1: Yeah, because she's been, like, talking to imaginary herself and dead Gerald this whole time. And yeah. so, naturally, when she's, like, seeing this other figure, yeah. she's
2: like,
0: "You're that's she's not real there. She's coming
2: either. to her senses and mm-hmm. thinking that it's not real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: She says that it re- isn't real. And then she realizes that the, the dog... Has run away yeah because it is scared of well, something. i think
2: gerald says that right yeah he's, he's like, like why does the dog, is the dog run the dog? away
0: why does the dog go away and she's like oh no she's like fuck you gerald <laughs> nobody asked you also but look at she's that she's like it's not real it's not real <laughs> and then but she keeps her eyes closed and then she falls back asleep so it's flashback time her dad um oh. and her whole family they're coming oh. out of the car her dog calls her mouse and i hate that they use this dad, actor this actor dogs. the yeah. dad Uh, yeah her dad Henry Thomas yeah Henry Thomas he's amazing and I love him and I don't like that he's such a yeah
1: that's what was hard is I was watching this with a friend who's like also like a very like loves Henry Thomas has seen other Mike Flanagan stuff that he's done and when we got to this part he was like oh it's you know it's Elliot and I'm like yeah you're not gonna like what
0: happens
2: Elliot turns bad.
0: (laughs) you're gonna be like (laughs) majorly creeped out and then he was like wait what the fuck um so they're at the lake house um Teenage Jessie. She does not want to go onto the lake mm-hmm. with her family. Pre teen. Yeah, I think she's like, was she like 12, thir- I thought
2: she's thirteen.
0: No, twelve. Yeah, twelve. Yeah, and oh, like sorry. she Yeah. Preteen. She's pretty sorry. young. Um so they Too young. Well, yeah. Well like is
1: they say For anyone For anybody yeah, let alone her own father. But yeah. I don't know if like in the in the book or in the movie too, if they talk about like she had like just gotten her period, like a they ju- do. like she's just making that transition out of being a child yes which
0: is they kind of allude to it later yeah in the movie too but um so 12 year old jesse she says she doesn't want to go to the lake with her the rest her mom and her siblings they she and she wants to 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 stay behind and watch the eclipse with her yeah with her dad her mom comments that she's a daddy's girl, um, but, and they're going to go watch the eclipse on the lake, and she'll just stay behind, and they'll, like, chill, watch the eclipse, and, like, make burgers and stuff. Her dad reminds her that she used to sit on his lap while they sit on the swing, and she has her little eclipse viewer, and he's like, you know, oh, this is just silly. You know, like, I shouldn't even ask. Like, the way he's he does so it, he's just so... so manipulative. It's uh, disgusting. So smarmy, yes. and... Um, and then she's like, well, you know, I, I'll do it. I'm not I'll too big. On, it's I'm fine. not too big. I'll sit on your lap. So he reminds her that, um, you know, about the better times. And um, then she watches the clips with her viewer. He suggests that she sit on his lap in a, that creepy, smarmy way. Um, and it's pretty obvious he's being a major creep. That's what I said in my notes. Jesse questions him and he's like, just keep watching, just keep watching, don't turn back. And you know that there's something very nefarious and uh troubling happening. Yeah, no, it's it's and pretty she obvious realizes, what he's doing. Yeah, and she realizes it too, but she's sort of like, ugh, and like just keeps looking at this eclipse and it makes like a like a red light all across the scene, which is um you'll see more. Yeah. So then she wakes up and she's back in her predicament. She realizes she Married her father, also. A little bit of a Which realization. Which you, you hate to
1: find out. You're like, yeah. oh, no. Um, I mean, maybe
0: not everybody. There's, maybe, there's probably women out there that
1: married a man like their dad, and, and they're happy about it mm-hmm. because their dad was a good guy. Yeah. This is not one of those this cases. This is not one of those no. cases.
0: Then she also realizes that she sees a bloody footprint on the floor. She counts down... Um, and then, because she's like, I can't, I gotta get out of this. I gotta, I can't, like, be here right now. And she counts down, and she tells the other two people, they're like, she's like, you know, you gotta, you gotta go. I'm tired of listening to your, your shit. And they're like, oh, don't do this, don't, Jesse. Don't check out, like, uh, rallying, Jesse says. Yeah. Um, and then she counts down. She's like, I'm gonna count down, and you're gonna be gone. And then she's back in the past again with her dad. and sleep. Yeah, after the eclipse and they're in her room. He apologizes, he makes excuses, and he manipulates her into agreeing not to tell anyone and keep it a secret. Ever, ever, by making ever. It yeah. Her idea. Yeah, by making yeah. it her idea. Yeah. Well and and like he says, like he he justifies
1: it but because like I mean, we didn't articulate what it was that he did, but like he, like, jerked off while she was sitting on his lap. That's mm-hmm. kind of the and assumption. Yeah. His what he says to her is that, like, he didn't actually do anything to her. Yeah. yeah. Like, he didn't that's touch his, her. his rationale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it was, like, it, it's he's not. Like, it must have been the eclipse that got me all riled up. And yeah. you're like, what?
2: <laughs> that damn sun and moon?
1: Yeah. Uh, but no. then, yeah, like, um, you know, he, he plays on, there's already tension mm-hmm. in her relationship with her mom. And he's like, we got to tell your mom you got to tell your mom. And then like, she's yeah, like, no, no, no. And he's like, but it'll come out eventually. And it's better if she hears it now. And she's like, no, no, no. It'll never come out. I'll never tell anyone. Like, he's just so He
0: makes her, like, adamant that she shouldn't tell. Yeah. Yeah. It's, fully horrible. It's horrible. Um, and then, yeah. So she's saying, I won't tell any of the secret. Then she wakes up again to the dog licking her foot. And it's trying to bite her. Dan Gerald says, you know, you're going to die here and um, and that it was death in the corner and that he's going to be back. Then she tries to go... She
2: says something about
1: Moonlight as well. well oh, yeah, because that character is called the Moonlight Man. the
0: Moonlight Man. She's like, well, he's just made of Moonlight. Made of Moonlight, made of yeah. Yeah. moonlight. Um, Then she goes back to sleep and then she's back with the eclipse and as an adult she sees her younger self. Her younger self reminds her that she, because she like approaches her in her bedroom and she's mm-hmm. like, you know, you have everything that you need. She's like, "What do you What are you talking about?" She's like, "You have everything you need to get out of this. Like or, you have like, to remember su- to survive. You just have to that Yes. So then, um, she sees herself with her family, and um, she like. 12-year-old uh, is mm-hmm. sitting at the table and she um her mom was like How, you know what would you do with your dad and like she was like, watching the eclipse with your what dad are... yeah and then she crushes the glass and like has glass all over her hand so, like it's her milk glass and cuts her hand mm-hmm. and um her dad cleans her up and he mentioned he's like oh man if it was any deeper we'd have to sew your finger back on and he like scurries her off into the bathroom to like tell her this and clean up her hand um she breaks you know she has, like, she's kind of, like, ooh, you know, that's... It, it was really weird. He's, like, a caretaker, too, in this situation, but he's not. He's, like, just... It, it just feels like he's just trying to cover his ass, and... Yeah. I don't know. Like, she just seemed don't really Don't tell troubled. mommy I
2: touched myself with you on my lap.
0: I know. <laughs> basically. <laughs> um. What so Yeah. Ugh. So then she comes up with a plan to... Um, when she, like, realizes that she has everything she has, she needs... She has her glass with her yeah. water. Above it's all her head. still
1: her like unconscious, subconscious mind like Putting coming it up together. with these ideas, figuring out how to get out of this situation. Yeah, and
0: her and badass Jessie's like thinking it out, thinking out how you're gonna do this, and um, get out of this. So she comes up with a plan to break the glass, cut her hand, get out of the cl- cuffs, and leave. So then she proceeds to break oh the glass with one God. hand. She puts this glass shard into the wooden shelf above her. Like, kind of plunges it, is it an There's in. There's a little crack, and yeah, yeah, she wedges it in there um, so it's sticking out. And then out. cuts in very deep to deglove oh, her hand yeah. and get out of the cuff. Basically, like, mm-hmm. strips the flesh off
1: yeah, her hand which is like a
0: glove. insane.
2: Oh my God, it was yeah. so hard to watch.
1: So then she managed. I had
2: never seen this movie yeah. up until I found that I was going to be on this episode. Yeah. That was gnarly.
1: It was hard to watch. Like, yeah. I, you want to
0: close your eyes, you yeah. want to turn away. It's I didn't, horrifying. But I did want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then she. Gets out of the cuffs. She puts the key in her mouth because um, she can't hold the other key with her hand because it's been degloved. Right. And she puts it in her mouth. She manages to get herself out, like unlock herself. She drinks deep from the faucet and she ra- wraps her wrist with a bunch of like maxi pads. And then she's make- walking to the like chest of drawers with the keys on it. And then she... The car keys? Pass- Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Passes out. Yeah. As you would um,
1: expect someone... Who just de-gloved yeah, there? Like mind. she was already dehydrated. She hasn't eaten.
0: The and she stress level. hasn't wa- been on her feet or legs. Yeah, in and days. she's like fully forgot, in shock.
2: <laughs> you forgot well, on her way out what happens.
0: Well, I'm not done yet. Yeah, we haven't gotten there. Oh, yeah. She passed, she passed she out first.
2: Did she? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, she passes out. Then she wakes up. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Then she wakes up to the dog trying to bite her. Yeah. And is it dark now? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's dark. Dark again. Um. Then she is able. She gets up. She gets the keys. She kind of presses the button to unlock the car. It goes beep beep. You can hear it outside, and then suddenly the stray starts growling at something down the hall from where her bedroom is. Like mm-hmm. you see his fur all raised up. Yeah. And he runs away again. Trust the dogs, people. Yeah. He ran to the
2: bathroom because oh he yeah, yeah. right, right, right. He yeah. ran to the bathroom.
0: He's like, nope. Um. So then she walks down. So the hall. On you're all wrong, bitch. Yeah. She has to walk down the hall to get out of there. Right. And, yeah. And I mean, I guess. Also, take, she
2: realized what her husband looked like.
0: Yeah, he looks gruesome, grotesque. His face is all eaten. It's it's awful. Um, but she, she just walk. she's kind of like in a day. She's lost a lot of blood. She's like, walks straight towards the moonlight man. She tells him, you're only made of moonlight. She takes off her wedding ring plops it in the bag and walks out yeah <laughs> and then it's like she's just, pay, paying the ferryman like
1: because again he doesn't he doesn't say anything <laughs> he, he doesn't. doesn't he's not actually threatening her in no, any way he's just standing there yeah. yeah and she's still like you know she's delirious mm-hmm. doesn't know what's real what's not real yeah. and he, she's, she's cracked just out up. of her mind she's yeah. been cracked
0: up for a while so then she um Gets in the car. She's driving. She's trying not to pass out. Suddenly, all everything is red from the eclipse from her childhood. She sees the moonlight man in the back seat, and it says, and it whispers in her ear, mouse. And then she passed, has passed out fully and crashes her car into the tree. And then um, gets some neighbors out. They find her. Uh, she gets out of the car, and she's like, "Oh, the pass is right <laughs> out. <laughs> um, so, sometime later, she's wearing a black glove on her injured hand. The head, she says, she kind of delivers a um, a monologue, or, like, at the Is end. Is she, like, a, journaling? hmm Yeah. Um, well, she's writing a letter to herself. Okay. And she's saying... To her younger self. To her younger self. Mm. She's like, the headlines have faded, um, and she told people that she had amnesia. She didn't really, like, the law firm that Gerald worked for, he f- was really very high up, and they... Yeah. Didn't want the details of what happened, like yeah. To, so they um, kind of like covered it up. up and didn't yeah.
1: dig too deep.
0: Didn't really ask many questions. Um, and then she said everything mostly back to normal, except for the dreams of the moonlight man. And they also never found her wedding ring in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then her, she's like, you know, her, my my dad put shackles of silence um, on her when she was twelve, and then Gerald later did again. Um, and then she said six months later was when she saw the man who was in her home that night and I forgot the name I didn't write it down of the actual person who's not a moonlight man I feel like it was a Frenchy person. name because this is set in New Orleans like she's yeah. in New Orleans it was like
2: Jacques something I yeah, think. yeah. So,
0: yeah. Um, so he was doing ghoulish things um, and then ghoulish ghoulish things that's like what we call grave robbing and necrophilia robbing, ghoulish necrophilia antics <laughs> murdered his family yeah um, he was very very crazy uh, yeah awful uh, serial killer. So then she goes to see him at the, the arraignment. Um, the uh, reporters are like, he hasn't spoken a word to anyone, not even his public defender, since he was arraigned. Yeah. And then she she walks in, and for the first time, he's standing there, uh, or no, he's standing there, and for the first time, he says he, to her. Kind of mockingly, you're made of moonlight. Yeah, like he recognizes yeah. her and, and so, starts yeah. like saying and that back to her. It's yeah. uh,
2: Raymond Joubert. Jobert. Jobert.
0: and he goes, "You're only made of moonlight. You're only made of moonlight." He says to her. Yeah. and he's like, kind and of she's smiling. Like, hey, That's hey, the first go word go he spoke, "Eat a bag yeah. of yeah. dicks." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she, as he's approaching, she sees him. She sees her dad. And and then she sees Gerald. All of them, like as the prisoner. Mm -hmm. And then she sees back to Raymond or whatever, and she's like, "You're a lot smaller. You're so much smaller than I remember." And then just walks out, and that's the end. Yeah,
1: which is worth noting.
0: Like um, the
1: that character, the Moonlight Man. Um, was played by the same actor that played lurch mm-hmm. in the two newer Adams family movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so for people that haven't seen the movies I'll like, give you kind of a visual of what he looked like and in Gerald's game when they talk about arresting this man for his crimes, they describe the physical um, malady that he uh, suffers from that causes him to look the way that he does is actually the same condition that that actor has right yeah and it's just it's a form of gigantism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it causes them to have those like features that very they, pronounced. Yeah, and they definitely
2: mm-hmm. accentuated all of it. Oh yeah, yeah, they exaggerated it as much yeah. as possible.
1: Um, but yeah, yeah. I didn't
2: know that the actor actually had it. Yeah, there's a fun fact. Yeah, yeah. not really fun. No, unfortunate fact.
1: Not probably not fun for him. But he's yeah. he's he's done something. He's made the best of it. Oh, yeah, you would think I mean, he's
0: been. He's
2: he was made in some like, scratch.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he's in been in Black and uh, the of yeah. family, yeah. and mm-hmm. probably is keeping keeping a. Yeah. Keeping a good career going. So well
1: good good quick recap of so uh, Meredith. Yeah. And so yeah. now that we have covered both of these films, Victor. Yeah. Did you think they were scary?
2: Well, I definitely thought Gerald's game I, I think Gerald's game was more scary in the traditional sense. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, I'm sure that everybody has that worry of being trapped, essentially, mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form, and being handcuffed to a bed is certainly a way of being trapped. Very literal. It's not you know, <laughs> you're not caged, yeah, but you, know? you kind of are. Yeah. Um so I I think Gerald's game to me was scarier in the more traditional sense, whereas misery it it's definitely a horror movie, but I felt like it was more of like a psychological thriller. Okay. Almost.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, uh, I, I I was not like fully scared for it during either movie, but I felt like Gerald's game was more scary in the traditional sense. And um,
0: what made you cringe more, the hobbling or the degloving? Yeah. Good question. Uh, which, good made question. Made, which made oh, you go more like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. I
1: mean, I, um, I jumped pretty bad probably, at both of those.
2: Yeah. I think probably the degloving just because. I've seen misery a bunch, Okay. and so yeah. I don't remember for my reaction. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day. Um, so I would say the de Yeah, mm. that was yeah, that crazy. was definitely a holy shit. Because I, I figured she was going to cut something. Yeah, I did not think that she was going to cut basically the entire skin off of her hand.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
2: that was pretty. That was pretty trippy.
0: Yeah, it was. It was pretty awful. Yeah. <laughs> No Very bueno.
2: What's, what's, are you next? <laughs> no, it's Katie. Katie's next.
0: Oh,
1: um, I mean, I have I have some thoughts, um, but in yeah, in terms of scary, um, obviously, like these stories, I I don't think aside from the Moonlight Man character, there's not a lot um, that you would consider to be like spooky or scary, like a typical horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they're upsetting. Yeah, like they're they make you uncomfortable they they make you concerned like you're you're on a journey with a character that is in peril mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. if you're invested in the character you are having a bad experience <laughs> too <laughs> Um, it's
2: not a good time.
1: No, no, and the other, which you know, I we can't we we can't do every Stephen King movie ever. Although that I, that, I'm gonna that's gonna be my individual podcast. I'm <laughs> do like a little offshoot. But <laughs> what? there there is another. Yeah, no. Uh, well, How I need dare to find. You? I'll have to find another engineer because there's yeah, no I'm way he would it. ever defect. Uh-huh. Um, but another Stephen King book turned movie that I think falls into our theme for the summer and. Related to these two films is Cujo,
2: yeah.
1: um, which that film came out in '83. So it was kind of like, I mean, it was before both of these, and it's a good spacing '83, '90, '2017. Did you
2: know that it was referenced
1: in? Oh, yeah, in she, game. yeah, she calls, they they refer to the dog he knows, as Cujo. Gerald, yeah.
2: <laughs> That's part of my notes. Did you read my notes? I didn't, I'm sorry. All right.
1: um, <laughs> but yeah, so the thing about. Um, the gerald's game and misery and then cujo also so like you know the concept of cujo is this woman being trapped with her son in a car um out in the middle of nowhere and sweltering and sweltering but like (laughs) there's there's no one for miles she has no way to get help no way to call for help no people um anticipated to be coming and they're being terrorized by this rabid saint bernard and so they can't get out of the car um, and they can't leave because the car's busted.
0: Um, and, you, and you feel like when I read the book, I felt, you feel so bad for the dog. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, because like, it's nine? like, and in the movie, too, nah. like you really, yeah. you, because you
1: see the dog at the beginning before the rabies starts affecting it. Just like living one a of little the, doggy like, life. One of the super brilliant things that I love, I mean, Stephen King's books for being just, you know, just horror they're always really, really well researched. Mm-hmm. And what I remember most about, the, I haven't read the book Cujo in a long time, but what I remember about it is it really like teaches you what rabies is, mm-hmm. how it affects animals, humans, what it does to the brain, how it works as a bacteria and as a disease. Mm-hmm. And so you do feel an empathy for the dog because it's yeah. not, absolutely not the dog's fault. He is not evil he's sick yeah um but that's beside the point um
0: <laughs> what about
1: these like the three movies i feel like they all capture this same essence of being trapped um because obviously in cujo they're trapped in the car in gerald's game she's trapped in the handcuffs misery he's trapped in in annie's house um and what the mind and body do in response to being in that situation mm-hmm. um because you know we see and in, in Cujo it's all the like their, their physical response and trying to solve the problem. In Gerald's game, we really see what the the psychological experience is of mm-hmm. of being in that situation. Because like she when she's fully isolated like that, because she's the only one of the three. She's the only one that's actually alone. Mm-hmm. Because in Cujo it's the mom and son. In Misery you've got Annie and Paul. Like there's interactions there, a
0: dynamic of some kind. Yeah,
1: but in Gerald's game it's just her and. So so what's in your head is your only companion, the only thing that you have to focus on and can become a burden, you know, or yeah. a, 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 a stumbling block to getting out of your situation. Because we see like she has all of this unresolved shit in her past um, that I mean, in the end, I guess you could argue that it helps her. It's like part of the reason why she escapes. Um But the thing that Stephen King does so well, I mean, so many of his stories are supernatural or spooky or they have monsters or they have evil. But so many of them are just about people in situations with nothing supernatural or surreal happening. Um, And all three of these are, are examples of that. And it's because he's able to find the the fear in like legitimate human emotions that frighten us so like in these it's like that helplessness powerlessness like your vulnerability all of these things that come from being trapped in some random situation and in all of these, like the reason they fall into this secluded setting is the reason that they they are trapped, that they can't escape, is because there's there's no one around to help them. They're alone. Mm-hmm. Um, they're physically isolated, and so whatever has captured them, they have to figure out how to deal, get out of it on their own. And they all do in all three situations. Yeah. You know the the end of the story is how they overcome that that captivity.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah.
1: But it's, like, that, that idea of, like, what's scary and what's not scary, and people would, might look at these movies um, and think that they're not really scary because there are no ghosts and there's no demons and there's, you know, no serial killers, um, but it's, like, really fundamentally frightening human experiences.
0: Right. Yeah. That,
1: like, if you imagine yourself in that situation, it's terrifying. Yeah. And it shows the, what people will do, like the lengths that you'll go to to survive mm-hmm. in these given situations. Um, You know, like degloving your hand or and in Cujo, you have the additional element of like she's her son is there like she's in mama bear mode. It's not even about saving herself. It's about saving her son, because what finally prompts her at the end to do her last ditch effort that gets them out is because he's having seizures because he's dehydrated. So hot. Yeah. Um, And so like all of these things, it's just plain old Life. It's just human experience and human emotions. Yeah. And it doesn't need anything supernatural. Right.
0: With the exception of um, misery, the other two situations can't be negotiated out of.
1: Or even like you You can't can't
0: manipulate someone else. You can't
1: control. You have no control over the situation.
0: Right. Yeah. So um, it's terrifying. Yeah. And then like you kind of think, oh, can I? would I be, have what it takes? hmm Maybe not. What would I
1: do in that situation? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. But, I mean, mm-hmm. so, Meredith, do you think that they well, are you scary? Didn't really,
2: you didn't really answer. Yeah, I did. I mean, but were they scary?
1: I mean, it, it depends on your buy-in to the, the human experience. Because if you're looking for ghosts and demons and jump scares and Mm -hmm. spooky settings and all of that crap then no you're not gonna think these are scary movies um but if you recognize the the reality of the human experience that he's portraying and you buy into it like yeah you would be if you imagine yourself in that situation so
2: were you scared
1: Mm. did you buy in? I, so here's the thing. Moonlight Man is the only thing that would have potentially scared me <laughs> because he's the only thing that is borderline supernatural. Mm. Um, but I had already read the book when I saw the movie, and so I knew that he wasn't actually supernatural. I knew that he was a real man that was there in the house with her.
0: Yeah. I remember in the book, book when they're like, where'd the dog go? I was reading the book, yeah. and they're like, but why'd the dog run away? I'm like, ah!
1: Yeah, I should say because, like, I've picked, um, I always h- had to pick the October book for our book club because I would pick, you know, Stephen King and something spooky or whatever. And these are, um, two of the four, uh, books that I've picked for our book club for Halloween. Was I picked, I did Misery and Gerald's Game. I also mm-hmm. did The Shining and Duma Key were the other two. Perfect. All amazing, secluded.
0: That's why you choose mm. in
2: October, apparently. Uh, yeah.
0: Evidently, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've seen Misery like a million times. Yeah, uh, my friend um, from middle school had it on bl- what laser disc, and we kept, laser disc.
2: Yeah. I've got one of those. Yeah, and I've we got a kept, laser disc player.
0: Uh, we kept playing, ter- putting it on that scene. With the, the hobbling. The hobbling
2: yeah. Oh my god. You You're silly.
1: like, someday I'm going to
0: be sitting in the room with the man that made this. I know. I know. <laughs> so I watched it a whole bunch of times and I remember being like mesmerized, like, oh my gosh, that's insane. Like, how did they make that? That's so yeah, cool. Like, did they actually break the actor's ankles? Because it looks so real. <laughs> he was so committed. And she was a child. Give her a break. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was 12. Uh, but I remember watching it a bunch of times and thinking, oh my gosh, that's great. And I didn't know who Kathy Bates was, not really, but thinking, oh, she's, well, she's this so Well, made her awesome. career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, she was amazing. And I just love her, her character so was much. This,
1: this was before Fried Green Tomatoes, right? Uh, yes. No, that was in
0: the 80s. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, no 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 no. no. I think I just know
1: that 91. those were like the no. two the, standout performances it, of hers. In my
2: notes. That stuck oh, this, this made mm-hmm. Kathy Bates a star. A star that was not a stage performer. Okay. she was a stage performer prior. To
1: but this.
0: when did the cast when the Friday Green tomatoes I think fell? it
1: was it was ninety-three, ninety. 90 I think it was early 90s.
0: Yeah, because it, it had it had Chris O'Donnell in it and Jessica Teen. It came out
2: the year after ninety
0: one. Ninety one. Okay, I'm like a genius. No, no I'm not. you, you are, said oh, it me. was
2: before. It <laughs> came, <Yeah>. 19- <laughs>
0: came in nineteen seventy six. That's said. when Michelle Williams was one year old. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, misery, insane, so scary when I was a kid. Now I watch it and I just think, oh, this is awesome. And so. it's kind of funny now,
1: like yeah. because her character is laughable in some ways,
0: and she's t- and she's great. Yeah. I love Kathy Bates. I'll watch her in anything. Honestly, yeah. oh my god, her in
1: American Horror Story. Like, I know every time she was in a like, season of American lies. Horror, Story, she was amazing.
0: Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, and then Gerald's game. I read the book. And I watched the movie and I was so super, super stoked because Mike Flanagan Mike made it. Flanagan! And I was like, yes! And he knocked it out of the park. Oh, yeah. He did oh, my God. such a fantastic job. could not have job. done a better job with that story. Mm-hmm. We'll
2: talk about that. Oh, you did my not even God. read the Here book, though. You didn't read the book. Yeah, but I watched the movie.
0: Is <laughs> it going to be another Jacob's Ladder <laughs> No, 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 not at all. I'll no. flip this table over <laughs> if it turns into <laughs> a movie. There we
2: go. I'll say right now, they're both fantastic movies. Okay. I just have some thoughts.
0: Okay. Well, I look forward to hearing them. <laughs> um, but I love the Moonlight Man because I pictured him in my mind, mm-hmm. obviously, when I read it. And yeah. they, uh, Stephen King described him. And I was like, OK, OK, OK. Yeah. And then when I saw the actual, like... You know, movie version. I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, that was very well done." Yeah, it nailed it. It really was what you visualized. Mm-hmm. But so, that makes sense because in
1: the book, he was a real man who had a disorder. Yes, and so it wasn't like it and wouldn't they have found made him. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense <laughs> for them to make the character in the movie look like some Slenderman bullshit with a bunch of tentacles or whatever, because mm-hmm. it had to be a real man. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so I thought that was great. I loved um, the use of Gerald's talking to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love the actor who played him. Yes. So I was like, what? He's dead? All re- oh, sh- oh, great. He's back. Yeah, we're going to get so more of him. I was him. really glad that he kept talking to her and kind of antagonizing but also helping her but antagonizing. It was like back and yeah. forth, back and forth.
1: Well, and it's like it really um, is because it's the ugly side of your of your internal monologue because everybody yes. is self-critical. Everybody's cruel and unkind to themselves internally. And she yeah. had, that's what was represented and by. And she had a lot of
0: deep-seated, very yeah. um, you know, troubling Issues and things that and experiences that she had not really come to terms with. Right. So, um, the it was bound to bubble up. Yeah, and he represented especially. her denial too, because mm-hmm. his
1: character, like Gerald, was supposed to not know these things that happened to her as a child. That yeah, when was like, like the other, like, what are you talking the about? Badass Jesse mentions it. He's like, what is she? What is she saying? Because, and it's it's not because he's actually Gerald, but because he was her denial. He was mm-hmm. the, like the part of her mind that had been shutting that out her entire life. Yeah, yeah.
0: And he's like, well. Of course, we're, we're, our marriage is going to fail if you're going to, like, not tell me this. Right. Also, putting that on her, too. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it seemed like she was willing to take the blame for a lot. Um, yeah. Both, uh, stuff that was probably not her fault. No, but, like, yeah, when you condition
1: a, a child, like, that she was at that time, when you train them that early on to take on that role, mm-hmm. then they just, you just carry
0: it forward. Exactly, yeah. So I also want to mention that I... I watched castle rock the second season i watched all of it yeah the first and second season the second season's like okay did you ever watch that show Uh, yeah i did and i liked the i liked the first season better than the second but i
1: did i was excited to see that annie wilkes was the main character in the second season and that whole concept of her having a quote-unquote daughter yeah um and then the way that they ended the second season to set her up to eventually mm-hmm. be the Annie Wilkes that we knew from from Misery, I thought that that was really well done.
0: Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. So I rewatched that last bit, nice. the last like it was like fifteen twenty minutes of the the whole um, second season, mm-hmm. which is like just her. Yeah, and um yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I think that um. Lizzie Kaplan played, yes. who played her uh, younger so Annie good. Wilkes. She does such a great job. So. She's Janice Ian she's from a Mean great, Girls. She's a yeah. great actress. Yeah, she's really yeah, good. Yeah. So she was great. So if anyone is, you know, really enjoyed misery and thinks that Annie Wilkes character was, yeah. you know, kind of fun. Um, Everybody I who like Stephen King should have already watched Castle
1: Rock. I'm sorry. Oh, my
0: gosh. Totally. <laughs> like, I want to mishmash. What have of you been
1: doing with your time? I want to see a
0: Jacqueline Torrance drinking and talking about her crazy ass uncle. I'm like, <gasps> oh, my what? God. The idea to make Jack Torrance
1: Jackie Torrance. That was I'm like Jackie. a stroke of genius. I'm Jackie.
0: Um, Jackie Torrance. Jackie Torrance. So, yeah. Um, I also like axes. <laughs> right. <laughs> and hedge mazes. <laughs> I know. Um so yeah, both scary, both amazing. I, I I couldn't gush over this both movies more, and I think that the history of misery, being so like, stitched in the fabric of like what is a good good scary film. Yeah, and it was by Rob Reiner, which is so surprising because he did. Yeah, he was such Harry like heartwarming Sally. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yes.
1: didn't he do a League of Their Own and like? Um, no, oh no, no was that was Penny Marshall. Penny Marshall. Penny Marshall, but he did when Harry met isn't, Sally. Isn't Penny Marshall his sister? I oh no, she's see. Gary Marshall's sister. Never mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Gary Marshall, Betty Marshall. Um, yeah, but so I think I loved loved how he did this movie. It was it was really yeah. fun. But so you had some takes. Yeah, Victor has some thoughts. Oh, I got
2: some takes. Okay, okay. thoughts I don't, and I don't, takes. I don't come to this podcast unprepared. I've got I've got my takes and I've got my fun facts.
1: What are time. you going to start with? Takes or fun facts?
2: You tell me. What do you want me to start with? You're, you guys are the boss. I want fun facts just first. Here. You want fun facts? Yeah. Okay. Well, Gerald's Game of Misery.
1: Jesus, I made the last decision. Your turn, Meredith. Yeah,
2: you go.
0: Misery. All right.
2: Misery, fun facts. <laughs> right choice. So <laughs> I'm like, ah, as we misery. were talking about it earlier, so these are the people that were up for actress in a leading role in 1991. Okay. Angelica Houston. For? The Grifters. Okay. Julia Roberts, pretty woman. Oof. Meryl Streep. I mean, she uh, can't win them all. Postcards from the Edge. That's true. She can't win them all. Uh, Joanne Woodward from Mr. and Mrs. Bridge also 91 it was insane Jeremy Irons Kevin Costner Robert De Niro uh, Richard Harris Joe Pesci Andy Garcia Al Pacino they were like 91 was a crazy ass year for the Academy Awards but anyway they had um, really good
0: really good movies came out in 1990 91 Godfather
2: (laughs) 3 and Goodfellas both that year like come on
1: I'm sorry did you just say Godfather 3 well I mean
2: (laughs) it's not the best Godfather that's for sure (laughs) but like you know Famous people. Okay. Um, Anyway. Okay. So misery fun facts. Um, Stephen King actually said that Annie's character was a composite uh, of his scariest fans. What he was writing. Yeah, that makes
1: sense. Yeah, because she <laughs> <It> does. does. <laughs> he he refers to the the constant reader concept in the misery book, which is the way that he addresses his readers in his prologues and epilogues um, all the time. Um, and that's the thing with like the Annie character; she is very different in the book than Kathy Bates' presentation. Mm-hmm. Like she's she's cruel. Yeah. In the book, like in the movie, she snaps and she loses control, but that's different. But there's from, like, like a facade. Like, Yeah. But in like the one of the parts that I reread in the book was that like like I was saying how she would withhold the drugs sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like she the part where she snapped and she was spilling the soup. In the book, she like throws the soup across the room and breaks the bowl. Mm -hmm. And then when the next time his medication is due, she comes in and she's like, well, I need to clean this up first because this mess is your fault. You did this, not me. (laughs) And she spends an hour cleaning up the soup in the corner of the room before she'll give him his pain meds. And he's just like dying and weeping and trying not to scream in the bed because he's in so much Mm -hmm. pain. And so it's like that Kathy Bates, her, her. Were, her version of Annie worked so so well in the film but it wasn't I don't think it was as fucked up as the Annie Wilkes in, in the book yeah. yeah
0: and he also <clears> mentioned <throat> it was also a representation of his addiction too as well like mm-hmm. he came out like um, a few decades after he wrote the book he was like that was kind of a represent he didn't want to like yeah. come out with it when he published but mm-hmm. he's like that was it was what, like Paul's experience um, or Annie's character Stephen King's own experience yeah I know but like
1: right. Paul, um, Paul's Annie, experience Annie okay because was, it's was like Paul being addicted to the novel in the story could have been yes but like Annie was too.
0: his uh, like um, like keeping him hobbled or like keeping him from like oh, getting out like she Annie's, was the addiction yes mm-hmm. ah, so like keeping him symbolism. from symbolism like, yeah like no <laughs> like isolated away from friends and family yeah you know hobbling keep, halting him every step of the way to get help from himself or like you know any yeah. you know um, help um, to deal with these demons, he was dealing with. So I thought that was interesting. That's amazing. Mm. I was like, oh, you freaking genius! You're <laughs> such a genius!"
2: <laughs> so speaking of Angelica Houston, she was originally chosen to play Annie. Okay, but due to the scheduling conflicts, probably from her nomination for The Grifters, right? There was a schedule. There was a scheduling conflict, and so she ended up not playing it. I can see Um, that. Like,
1: she's a great actress. I don't think she looks like anyone pictured Annie looking. Right. Like, Annie was supposed to be, like, a sturdy country farm girl. And that's that's not Angelica Houston at all. No, that's Kathy Bates. Um, For real. Angelica Houston could not firemen carry anyone anywhere. Yeah.
2: So (laughs) it's funny because they originally thought Angelica Houston, but when the scheduling conflicts came up, um, Kathy Bates was their next choice. Like, they didn't even do...
1: Screen tests or... like, like
2: They were like, we want Kathy Bates. Yeah. And then eventually other people were considered. Bette Midler, Jessica Lang, Barbara Streisand, Roseanne Barr, Rosie O'Donnell, Vicki Lawrence, and Mary Tyler Moore were all under consideration. Mary Tyler Moore? Yeah. What the fuck? You know the thunk? Not me. No. I mean, there's not definitely me. a
1: handful on that list that I'm like, okay, I could see them playing Annie, but yeah. I, no, not Mary Tyler. Yeah. No. No,
2: I agree. Nope. Um, and then um james Kahn took the role after jack nicholson declined it um mm. and ironically can decline the role in one Flew over the cuckoo's nest which won jack nicholson his oscar
0: how funny one of his oscars yeah yeah one of yeah. his and oscars jack nicholson said he didn't want to do it because he'd already been in uh the shining
2: yeah so. Oh, didn't want too much to much Stephen misery. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, because I was like, "One
1: Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest" was before The Shining. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, so those are my misery fun facts. So fun. I know.
1: Oh my god. I, aren't you guys? Okay. Don't, don't
2: you guys love having me here?
1: You know what I'm excited for is your what? Gerald's Game fun facts.
2: I got a few of those too. Um, so it was a super low budget movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, it you wouldn't need to spend a lot of money. Mostly shot
2: in a single location. Shocking. Which actually gave them the opportunity to shoot the movie canonically. Really? Most movies, I don't know. Out if, of sequence, if the li- yeah. I, I mean, your listeners are probably very intelligent.
1: Are they and cinephiles?
2: They may be cinephiles. I would imagine so. But most movies are not shot in order. It's all over the place. Yeah. Sometimes you yeah. shoot the end at the first like yeah. day of shoot, you shoot you you know you do the ending. Mm-hmm. A lot of it has um, to do with
0: when you can get locations and Exactly. Like, so well, sp- because and it was like almost the...
2: all in one location.
0: And having a small cast, too, yeah, because a there was lot of like times out of the order whole
2: movie
1: is because yeah. of the availability mm-hmm. and schedules of various performers. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So they
2: shot it all canonically, which is crazy to me. Like I I don't know I wonder if that has a you
1: know how much that changed how it felt yeah like the journey that she went on Mm -hmm. to have performed it yeah in sequence Yeah, yeah. that had to have had an impact Mm -hmm. yeah
2: um so there was a bunch of easter eggs in the movie um so during the eclipse you 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 see that jesse is thinking about a woman standing over a well i don't know if you guys remember that Mm -hmm. but the
1: ring gotcha
2: (laughs) (laughs) so dolores claiborne Confesses that she murdered her husband, who was sexually abusing their teenage daughter, by maneuvering uh, his fall into a well on the day of an eclipse. Same day, same place.
1: And Kathy Bates played Dolores Claiborne in the film version. Look
2: Mm -hmm. at that. It all comes together. It
1: goes all the way to fucking top.
2: Um, (laughs) And then you already said this, but Gerald calls the dog Cujo, Mm -hmm. which obviously, Stephen King. Um, And then, I don't know if you guys know this, but Dark Tower is referenced in the movie. Really? Yeah. So, the imaginary Gerald is taunting Jesse, saying, um, everything dies. Uh, All all things serve the beam. The beam, yeah. Which is is in reference to the six beams that hold up the... Uh, seven worlds of the dark tower universe yeah the beams yeah. all
1: meet at the dark, dark so, um, tower
2: those are my fun facts for mm-hmm. both of these movies mm,
1: those I think those were more fun I think I, I vote that Gerald's Game facts were more fun facts than the fun facts from Misery were well, fun I really like a it's
2: not a competition I like
1: easter <laughs> eggs yeah but I, I like to vote about yeah. stuff <laughs>
2: for no reason at all
1: alright so um, then now we need okay. your thoughts
2: alright so are we going Gerald's Game or Misery first cause I have thoughts on both
1: let's stick with Misery first <laughs>
2: Misery first okay so, to be quite honest, there isn't much I didn't like here. Like, okay. this movie is with fantastic. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, um, that's why we knew you were going to be on this episode, was because yeah. you, you wanted yeah, to be I on, misery. Be on misery. Yeah, I
2: said I wanted to be on Misery. So, there were a couple little things that I I would have changed if I was making the movie.
1: You would have wanted to see Kathy Bates I am not <laughs> a dream. No, she,
2: she's, she's great. A little more skin? Is, you know, no, keep your clothes on, Kathy, you're great. Um, so... You know it, it definitely kept me anxious, like the whole movie. Obviously, yeah. like it was just like, holy shit, what is she gonna do next? Um, I didn't really like the sheriff subplot.
1: What it He's felt adorable. like it was just taking
2: away from the anxiety, okay.
1: yeah. It did, it you was, know? it broke. It was the, almost
2: like a comedic relief without the comedy, it was just a relief,
1: it was comedic.
2: I mean some parts yeah. For it was sure.
1: amusing. For sure.
2: I mean yeah. like him reading the books, that was comedic. Yeah. There wasn't really much else besides like his wife being hilarious.
1: Yeah, it was yeah, it was, the, was the, the banter. It. But yeah. I see what you're saying um, where it broke any tension that they were building yeah. from
2: scene to scene. But they him, either needed to expand on it or remove it. No, yeah. in my opinion. Because
0: that was the catalyst for why she was like, "Well, we need to take yeah. our lives." But yeah, Otherwise, it didn't
1: have to be as developed as it that's was. That's what I'm
2: saying. Yeah, um, it, there was too much.
0: Like, he, he
1: didn't have to have a wife. He didn't have to, like, that That He didn't all
2: need to have... read the books. I mean, yeah. I, I guess for the one little section where he read what Kathy Bates had said in her testimony, which matched the same thing in the books, like, whatever. Like
0: No, I think the whole intent was to have us rooting for him. Like, to get to know him and, like, fought like So that really you'd be upset like when she killed him? Yeah.
2: Sure, I mean, I still But think if the
0: whole reason was to elicit was a a response because it's a drama yeah like it's a thriller yeah because the right? the
1: possibility or the suspense about whether or not he was going to find paul yes, yes. was was an element to the suspense but i i see your point yeah. that the the tone that they gave mm-hmm. all of his scenes and everything mm-hmm. was a, you could argue is out of step yeah. with, i think it with was the,
0: supposed to be hopeful Hopeful or helpful? Hopeful. Hopeful. Like, provides, like, some hope for the viewer. Like, oh, yeah. he's gonna get out of this. Maybe. Yeah, and then he just uh, dies anyway, which is Yeah. Fine. Yeah. They blow um, a big old fucking hole in his chest. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes,
2: oh! So, an- another thing which you actually mentioned, um, I think, yeah, you did the recap. Well, during your recap, was I, I didn't necessarily like those close-ups of her face. Okay. So... I think it would have been better if it was just a little bit zoomed out mm-hmm. and you saw you still were able to see it very clearly her kind of going nuts mm-hmm. but you also saw James there. Kahn's yeah. reaction to her craziness, yeah because. I don't know. I, I just think that because it, it's basically like she was holding a camera and staring into it yeah. and doing these things. Well,
1: yeah, and then you also don't see anything else that she's doing physically. She's never exactly. opportunity to gesture or do right. anything with her body language. And to I'm Italian. To it. I gesture a lot. Right. You're like, how do I you know? know she's even talking? Yeah. If yeah. I Is can't she? See her hands? She's not talking because you can't <laughs> see.
2: Um, yeah. So like those, I, I think I would have done it a little differently. Um, I, I am not a director or mm. cinematographer by any means. So obviously, I'm I'm an ignorant. Uh, person in that in that regard but i will forgive that yeah i I wanted to see his reactions that's that's all i'm saying Mm -hmm. um
1: they were a little bland i have to say like james con i mean i think he's a, a fantastic actor um i love him and i think he did an excellent job in this movie but i don't feel like you really saw a lot of his his reaction to her behavior
2: right that's what i'm saying
1: and it wasn't because they weren't cutting to him. It's when they cut to him, it was just kind of like James Con's face, yeah, <laughs> being yeah. a James like, Con face, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, he was just like, nah. but,
2: <laughs> but you know, as far as the things that I really liked, like two words, Kathy Bates, like obviously, yeah, she was just fantastic. Um, she she definitely made the movie what it is, in my opinion. Uh, I even put here, James Caan did a decent job, but he was overshadowed completely by Kathy Bates. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. You know, she was so good that who are you going to put opposite her that's going to do, like, even come close? Jack Nicholson
1: would Jack have Nicholson, been a good Jack Nicholson, yeah, choice.
2: but, you know, he was already he was. But they there. would
1: have been competing. Uh,
2: yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like exactly.
1: vying for um, who was the so most So I think it was wild. a great
2: casting on both sides because... You know that made her 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 star shine brighter. Um, so, I guess I didn't put in here about how she was originally in uh, on, doing stage work, mm-hmm. but then this was like her big break in movies.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, so anyway, oh, so I have f-
0: a did I tell you the fun fact about Misery regarding James Caan mm-hmm. that he came to work one day super hungover. And um, they had to, like, scrap all the scenes they did that day, because he was, like, all fucked up. Like, I, would have, I would have thought that him being hungover would be, <laughs> would like, have, method acting to, like, actually right. help with some of those scenes. Yeah. And and Rob Reiner just told him, like, oh, there was something that happened at the film. Like, the devel- film developed is all messed up, uh, so we couldn't use it. Oh <laughs> but then he found out the real reason is, oh, you were hungover. So he felt so bad, he, like, paid for the the crew uh-huh. like all the like the money lost for that day that mm-hmm. he was all hung over so. it was a classy move James <laughs> but yeah. I was like that probably would have been helpful like you're like Ugh,
1: yeah, like you good. physically feel like shit like, oh my his God. character yes. literally physically feels like shit for the entirety of the movie definitely
2: yeah. so also on, on that vein one of the other ones that I read about that I didn't put in here was that Kathy Bates and James Caan didn't really get along mm. and they told Kathy Bates or uh, James Con to use that energy. Yeah, he's not fuel supposed his to fire like her for hating Kathy Bates' character.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, they
2: didn't get along very well at all during the making of the
0: movie because he was like, I, I don't would know if do they the... ended up
2: eventual friends or whatever. I mean, huh. they, I think he died. I think already very didn't very he die? James Con. Didn't he yeah. Die? yeah, very he's he's dead. recently
0: in the past like year or two. Yeah,
2: he's he's dead. oh.
0: Um, um, I got to start grieving. I hope they Excuse were friends me. at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I, she came yeah. to his funeral and s- spit in spit his,
2: his grave. Spit in his grave, yeah. <laughs> threw a typewriter in
0: it. <laughs> How do I, you I, like it? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, no, I heard also that, or I read that it was like, his way of acne was like showing up and like very you know method acting and she was more like from the theater like oh, i want to rehearse and rehearse and rehearse yeah and he wasn't he never like, did he yeah. wasn't about it yeah. so they just had very different ways of thinking See, i you
1: wouldn't even necessarily think that i would call him a method actor because like he's one of those actors that and this is not a criticism but there are a lot of them out there where it's like they play the same character in every movie they've ever made typecast yeah, yeah. yeah. That, and it's that, like and it doesn't matter just... and like i say that the example i always use is harrison ford yeah he uh. has never played any character other than Harrison Ford in any movie he's ever made and nobody cares because we fucking love him. Yeah. yeah. Han Solo, Jack Ryan, Indiana an Jones, angel. President of the United States, it doesn't <laughs> matter. He's still him and we don't care cuz we're there for it. Yeah. And I feel like James Khan is is kind of I mean it's like the, the you've got like Johnny Depp at the other end of the spectrum, yeah. right? But James Khan is like He's he's sunny. He's he is that like, I love him in Mickey (sighs) Blue Eyes. Mm. Yeah. With with Hugh Grant. He's he can be funny. He can be serious. But he's always James Caan, no matter what character he's playing. Mm. Yeah. And you couldn't say that about Kathy Bates. Like her characters vary dramatically from role to role. Like she really has a lot of different faces that she's put in different films. Definitely. Anytime you've got James Caan, you know what you're getting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nothing surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, so for Gerald's game there was only there there was a pretty main issue I had with the movie in general and that is that apparently Meredith told me later that in the in the book the bed was very sturdy Uh uh-huh in the movie it did not look very sturdy at the top okay if you there was one scene where she's reaching with her feet for the phone right okay that was further away than the bedpost. Okay. The top of the bedpost was fairly thin.
1: But there was like a an ornamental Even knob.
2: Right in front of that knob was thin. She could have, in my opinion, very easily taken broken her the feet bedpost? and kicked the shit out of the bedpost and broken it. Like that was the first thing I thought of when he dies. I'm like, oh, kick the freaking bedpost. Hello.
1: Okay. Well, that didn't occur to her because her inner monologue didn't have. This was before the
2: inner monologue. Okay. (laughs) This was way before that. So that was like probably my main issue with with the movie. Um, And then also, I'm not I'm not necessarily a fan (laughs) of like one set movies where there's just one set. Which even though both of of these,
1: yeah.
2: But I did very much enjoy the one with misery. Uh, I I I enjoyed it a little less with Gerald's game. I still really liked it, mm-hmm. but it was pretty much just the one room. Whereas Misery, at least there was the sheriff thing, even though I didn't think yeah. it was that great. Well,
1: there were a lot of and there were other also rooms like in the
2: house that you could see
1: different angles of the room in Misery. Yeah, like the yeah. the and angles on the two, bed when he's when he's typing yeah. and like everything. So you d- you did get different, and then like the view of Annie from him in the bed. So you saw. Mm-hmm the the room and misery from a lot of different angles whereas in gerald's game like you're right there was less variety yeah there definitely it was it was mostly just like full view right of the of the space
2: right um and then you know some things that i really liked were were both of the imaginary you know self and and gerald Mm -hmm. uh gerald to me represented her doubts and her fears and like you mentioned earlier her denials um to contrast this the imaginary jesse was a badass um, she was the logical side, um and she the was survival just, instinct. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and it was her the you know, sh- she had suppressed this, but it was her confident badass woman self. like she didn't really show this you know, from what we understand. Mm-hmm. She didn't really show this in her life. Yeah, And it came out when her husband died and she was trapped.
1: Well, and even like the young version Mm -hmm. of herself in her subconscious when when she's the one that tells her about the breaking of the glass, Mm -hmm. like you even see her young self finding courage and finding a voice and like speaking up a little bit.
2: Yeah. And then also just a little a little criticism of Gerald's game is the it felt a little slow. Like, right when she real like, right when after he died, I felt like it was kind of slow for, like, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, there were still things that were happening, but it was just, like, mm-hmm. I was just kind of, like, I was, like, yawning in my head. Because <laughs> I was just like, oh, whatever, is this movie going to get any better? And then, like, the imaginary people showed up yeah. and started talking shit. And it was great. Yeah. Um, so, I think the pacing, I mean, maybe it was on purpose to kind of, like, lull you for a minute before it goes off the deep end where she goes fucking completely psychotic and there's she's seeing people. Um that could have definitely been deliberate. But, you know, overall I, I very much liked both of these movies. To me, misery is far superior, but that I don't want to take that away from Gerald's game where I definitely really enjoyed that movie as well.
1: Yeah.
2: So those are my fun facts and hot takes. <laughs> well and that's
0: what you're here for.
2: I know. That's
0: why I we know. call I, on Victor. Facts. I
2: always bring the fun facts.
0: Fun facts and hot takes. Well, it's a good conversation. Yeah, I mean, we good covered synopsis. a lot of material yeah. today. I, I even
1: slipped a third movie in there. Yes. Anybody that's listening to this and has never watched Cujo, fucking watch Cujo.
0: Joe's gate. Oh my god, Castle Rock. Watch that yeah, Right. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Derry. coming out next year. What? Where are you? What are you doing I'm just Stephen saying James more Stephen King stuff. King stuff. What, is,
2: what? What is that?
0: Well, it's the pre, pre Pennywise. Pre Pennywise. Right? It's. Yeah. Dairy it was like main. the
2: forty or however many years before where we did it the other time, or what?
0: I'm not sure, but I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> She's
2: gonna watch the I mean, shit I, out I'm of it. I'm down. I mean, obviously, I live with you. If you're gonna watch it, I'm gonna watch it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Or he's gonna
1: watch you watch it. Yeah. 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 Well,
2: I'm one of the two.
0: Um. <laughs> so, Parent Corner. I mean, not really Gerald's game. I don't know. Like, my Charlotte. Well, that's the thing. Like in. You, don't, you don't, don't see
1: any sex acts. You see, the, obviously, the fa- father-daughter element is highly problematic. Yeah. Um, so for a younger kid, I mean, you don't want to put that concept in their, yeah. in their mind. I'd say no. But it could open a dialogue about safe adults.
0: I guess. Um, you like, can do
2: that without this I
0: think the part, I think the point of watching it is for like, you know, fun. Or like to be scared, but yeah, like so not. Not not and not, not, not as a parenting tactic no.
1: in and of
2: itself. Yeah. I think okay. yes, misery, no, Gerald's game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but I also think that kids wouldn't enjoy misery. I think they'd think it was boring and dumb.
0: Yeah, maybe. Unless
2: That's you like, kids watch suck. this
0: woman be crazy, <laughs> I mean crazy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm kidding, kids don't suck.
1: <laughs> but no i mean it is it's dated in a way that anybody under 15 is gonna be like what are we watching what are you showing me You're like I'm, I'm I'm watching watching cinematic cinematic i want like
0: cinematic why is she <laughs> saying
1: duty? like that's, that's something though <laughs> i, I, I didn't mention i forgot so like she's had this whole thing about uh, profanity and she uses all of these silly words and everything and their final fight scene in the movie she calls him a cocksucker she yeah so that's, that's right yeah that's how you know that she's like flipped a switch that yeah. she actually uses for vanity
0: dragon lady yeah kill mode <laughs> yeah, um yeah, um, yeah,
1: yeah i, I mean, yes Joe, and kujo know. actually yeah. is a little problematic too in that like you know she's having an extramarital affair and there's i mean yeah like sex-ish scenes um in that so of the th- i mean i wouldn't yeah i probably wouldn't say like show any of these to your kids for various reasons, like oh, there's, there yeah, there's other other avenues you can go down with your mm-hmm.
2: child horror exposure. Yeah. I, yeah, I I actually think that misery would be fine. It, they might not like it, but I don't think it's like.
1: No, it's not problematic. I, don't I just don't think I don't think that they would uh, appreciate it. And then you're in that situation where you're that angry, bitter adult who's like your generation, <laughs> blah 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 blah, and you're on some. Rant. You don't understand
0: the concept and the of eye rolling. They just roll their eyes right out of their head. Could be. Yeah. Could yeah. be. So, for next time, we are doing... I don't even remember what we decided. A twofer. Another day. twofer. Yes. Well, we're going to do a very short yeah. recap, I think. It's because.
1: not going to be another two-hour no, episode. No, 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 no.
0: So, we're going to do The Descent from 2005, <laughs> and the remake of The Hills Have Eyes, which came out in 2006, which I... Both top tier. Great, great movies. I'm excited. Yeah. So, so watch them. Mm-hmm. Watch them and enjoy we'll them. Talk about. Well,
2: also to note, um, there was an email that came in. <gasps>
1: that's right. Yes. We got another listener email. Yes.
2: Thank you, Derwin Williams Jr. Wherever um, you are. <laughs> Meredith thinks that that's a fake name. You can you can confirm um, that suggested 30 Days of Night for the summer seclusion uh
1: Yeah, you should know that Victor has already strongly suggested that film on multiple occasions in the past as a a vampire favorite. He's like, vampire!
0: Yes, I love
2: love that movie. I
1: love that movie too. I wasn't going
2: to say that, Derwin. I didn't want to steal your thunder, but... It's definitely like, going to happen, and I'm going to be on it whether they like it or not.
1: On the Bram Stoker's episode, I think we talked about it, because we talked about other
0: vampire examples, and I think we
2: mentioned oh, Thirty right. Days of we Night yeah. un- on
1: that episode. It.
2: And she
0: we was talked just about like, the whatever. beauty, the beauty of vampires and how they're like well, seductive. yeah, the different way that they're
1: portrayed, yeah. and mm-hmm.
0: how in Thirty Days of Night they're portrayed Feral. very differently yeah.
1: <gasps> than like Twilight. So yes. <laughs>
2: yeah, <with> insane <laughs> vocals, I love it. Yeah. Um, so do. thank you, Derwin, for the email. We're uh, gonna backing him up. Not only am I the engineer, but I'm also the email caretaker.
1: Yep, we're doing so, it though. Uh, send, send in night. more emails. Night, yeah, I think that, that's stuff. bumped up pretty high on our summer list. Yeah, yeah it a a good job might
2: me. even be the episode after next. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, so
0: anyway, yeah, thanks for thanks having for me, ladies. Joining
2: us.
1: It was thanks good to hi, have Victor. you again.
0: Okay. Bye. Bye.